Afghanistan cannot be used as a terrorist base for Afghanistan. So, my friends, ladies and gentlemen, the world continues to turn. Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, to uh, the first day of September and the brand new Sea Report coming to you live today. Today is what? Sandwich Day, Wednesday, September 1st, 2021. And we are officially entering into the final, was it, quarter of the year? Uh, Just about, just about. Uh, and it's all downhill from here, they say. Uh, yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I am your host, Mr. C, and this is the C Report. We are coming to you all live from the foxhole.app, as well as Twitch and the Clout Hub. I have a, I have a tendency to put the article the in front of, <laughs> in front of other such platforms like the Twitch and the Clout Hub. And we used to be on the Trovo, uh, but we decided to go ahead and uh, check out the new digs happening over at Clout Hub, which is pretty cool and pretty fun because they archive episodes there as well. So it's not like if it were not uh, going to be lost in the interwebs um, um, and uh, its memory hole, as things tend to do. But uh, we all know the primary, the tried and the true. Uh, where all the fun people and true freedom of speech rings is over at the foxhole.app. So if you're listening on Twitch and or on Clout Hub, I would highly recommend you hop on over. Now, if you are a troll, be warned, my trolls. Be warned. You will be met with a strong resisting force of love and acceptance and civility, the likes of which you have never seen before. (laughs) They're like, oh no, the light! Keep the light of the Patriots off of us. But yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome, welcome. Glad to be back. I mean, the world is a turning. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of things are burning. You know, it, it can't be said enough uh, that we have, uh, we have what? Uh, we had a very hot month in August. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I think it's just going to keep on getting hotter and hotter as the year moves along. 
and uh, we will see how that goes. We will see how that goes. Uh, you know, um, uh, we knew that there was going to be some sort of uh, some sort of apparatus uh, that would be uh, used to implement the removal of, uh, you know, this illegitimate joke known as Sleepy Joe Biden, Creepy Joe Biden, Pedo Joe Biden, however you want to call him. But man, are we seeing this come in like droves, you know, of like hellfire. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, and, and it's in its own odd way, some sort of righteous vindication of those who, uh, of those who decried this, uh, this illegitimate joke from taking office and literally taking the office, not being elected to it, not being awarded it, but taking the office, ladies and gentlemen. You all know what we're talking about and you all know these things to be true, particularly if you're over in the community of patriots at the foxhole.app. But man, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you what, who would have thought he would go out on this type of thunder I mean, the thunderclaps are allowed and the thunderclaps are a scary and, uh, you know, they're, uh, they're um, smearing and also, uh, um, you know, uh, landing on everyone's footsteps, on everyone's doorstep. You know, when we're talking about exactly the impact of this man leaving office having, he had a global impact, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you know, he, uh, he, he re-fortified, he reconstituted uh, you know, one of the greatest terrorist threats uh, that has been in existence since its CIA creation and funding, you know, and basically resurrected them from the dead, you know, and uh, the Taliban. I mean, let it be said that this may have been a conservative political party in the Middle East, in Afghanistan and surrounding areas. Uh, but when they're uh, hanging out with uh, CIA, Al-Qaeda, and ISIS, and, uh, you know, the Haqqani terrorist network, we're looking at something totally different here now. And uh, their bluffs can no longer be, uh, you know, simply passed on. And uh, we have to acknowledge uh, the exact um, uh, disparity of the situation. Now, uh, a lot of things have been developing in Afghanistan, and, of course, uh, we just played the third and newest campaign, I'm going to say campaign, campaign ad uh, for President Donald Trump. You know, uh, is this an ad for his, uh, for his uh, re-election bid in 2024? Is this a campaign ad for uh, people to uh, vote for him in 2022? Or is he simply... Uh, tearing down, tearing down this false administration, this junta, this regime, this facade of uh, leadership as we see it, um, and op uh, trying to open the eyes of those who would not hear or see in months past, ladies and gentlemen, for it's only been eight months since the illegitimate joke and the Biden regime have been, uh, you know, um, um, have foisted themselves upon the American people and have captured Washington, D.C. and the office of the presidency and all other offices associated with it thereof. And we've seen uh, we've seen eternal destruction of what was once 
um, you know, restored of what was once um, a fixed. And uh, it's become it has become a joke uh, beneath uh, beneath the veil of illegitimate joke. Biden, the United States of America has once more become a joke. It has become a humiliated whoa that has been uh, that has been uh, um, uh, paraded around uh, the uh, global uh, global and political front of the world as being just that an ultimate disaster and a country worth and quite uh, susceptible um, to being pillaged, to being um, humiliated, to being made fun of and disrespected. Uh, certainly, this is not the America that I knew between the years of 2016 and 2020, when we had a president in office who indeed did make America great again. But once again, ladies and gentlemen, I will say it and I will say it till I'm blue in the face or maybe as red as the coat I'm wearing today. Uh, things had to be this way because unfortunately for Americans and for humans indeed, we cannot be told. We have to be shown. Otherwise, uh, we will just resist because um, a wise man once said, and I know I'm getting a little cliche here. Sorry, guys. But a wise man once said, uh, it is easier to fool someone than to tell them that they have been fooled. And that is just the way that goes, ladies and gentlemen. So we will see how this ends up. Uh, we will not be getting into Afghanistan today. I think that there are enough peeps out there covering that. There are enough uh, there are enough uh, news agencies, independent or otherwise, that are giving us the full story. Uh, I mean, there are certain uh, caveats uh, to what is going on in Afghanistan that are worth mentioning, but we won't delve into that too deeply. Nope. Today, uh, we will do the promised uh, Trump and Varney company interview. Uh, now, we were going to sandwich last night's uh, um, C-report between two Trump interviews, but at four hours, I had to uh, I had to pull the plug on the operation. <laughs> I held you guys into for four hours. Uh, man, I was trying to make up for Monday. I was trying to make up for Monday. So um, uh, unexpectedly, yeah, we went four hours yesterday here at the Sea Report. Um, and uh, you guys were hanging out to the end. Uh, so that was uh, that was a good time. Uh, but we will we will do the Trump um, and Varney and company interview today. Uh, and now, like I said, I have about three interviews and I do not doubt that President Trump did another interview. Like this man is hitting the media, you know, with his campaign ads and also getting out there and talking. So this way, uh, he, he's, you know, you go into those select markets, you get, you get on a show like Hannity or you get on a network like Fox or Fox Business, and that's, you know, it's a national thing. You know, we, we had that one that was like uh, Trump on like, I don't know, like Hector and Bubba's or something like that. You know, very, very, very uh, specific locale, uh, uh, reaching out into those, um, you know, into those uh, uh, smaller uh, agencies that reach, you know, not as big as a uh, an audience. Uh, and, and I have to say, you know, it, I have to say, you know, that was probably one of his most entertaining interviews. Pardon me. 
And that's what I appreciate about that. So he's going on the media blitz right now. It's, it's got to make you guys wonder what is coming up. And I know all of you all have wondered or have thought in those silent hours after prayer as you try and fall asleep. Uh, what is going on here, America? And what are you doing, President Trump? Because we need you back and we need you back badly. Uh, but right now he is, uh, he is most definitely, um, he's most definitely taking those long brush strokes on that canvas and painting the picture of absolute, uh, absolute failure of this current regime, this junta that stole the elections and not only disenfranchised millions of Americans, but indeed indeed um, yeah, worked against its constitution and, uh, and gave a middle finger to the American way uh, and stole our freedom at the same time uh, because our vote is symbolic of our freedom, ladies and gentlemen. Our vote is the most coveted thing on this planet because no other country has the freedoms that we have here in these United States of America, and great as it is, great as it is, you know, we cannot forget when people say our vote is our voice, kind, it kind of like, to me, that, that saying kind of like waters down what our vote truly means, because our vote is our freedom. Our vote is our right to be free moral agents who have self-determination, okay? And we know that the deep states and the globalists and all of those bad actors for decades, if not longer, have uh, pilfered and pillaged our freedom by, uh, by subjecting us to uh, false elections and by subjecting us to, uh, you know, um, by subjecting us to, uh, to, to fraud and by installing their leaders over the will of the people. And of course, we've also been uh, fooled by their propaganda as well. And, and when I say we have been fooled by their propaganda, obviously, I'm not speaking about those present, but I am speaking about the other two thirds of this country that have fallen into that trap that has been set by their propaganda media, whether it was uh, propagandized before it was made legal by Barack Obama in the 2012 or 13 NDAA Act, um, or whether it was propagandized and uh, uh, misspelled to the American people prior to that. Uh, we have been subjected to their will by coercion of the media. And the media has played the biggest part, aside from the political puppets that these globalist uh, ne'er-do-wellers would be slave owners who, I mean, really they are, you know. Uh, but the media has been probably the second biggest player in all of this complicit, as well as, uh, I would say, I would say as well as in, um, in, in tandem, working with, not just complicit, but also working with, responsible for the lies that have brought us to this moment in history, ladies and gentlemen. And we've been living history since about 2015. I mean, really, we've been living history, uh, you know, probably since 
you know, well, I, I guess, I guess, you know, Monica spotted dress in the Clinton White House. You could start the history there, you know. I mean, like real history. Like uh, these are where things start to go askew, you know, because we go from a liar and an adulterer in the White House to uh, to an incompetent, at least as portrayed by the media, once again, uh, um, a warmonger who took us into several wars under the auspices of a false flag that brought this nation to its knees up through up through a socialist Marxist leader who was so charismatic he could strip away our rights without anyone to care and socialize this country in a way that would do nothing more than hurt us and would take down our economy and 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 relegate us to the status of a third world country under Barack Hussein Obama, Barry Sotero. And then finally, from the golden escalator, President Trump, ladies and gentlemen, President Trump. And we have been living history for quite some time. These are interesting times to live in, that is for sure. These are interesting times and these are times of history. Um, and uh, man, ladies and gentlemen, not many people can say that uh, they have seen what we have seen in the last two decades, ladies and gentlemen. Not many people can say that they have seen what we have seen in the last two decades. And to the victor, not only goes the spoils, but the rights to history. So may we correct that history that was once taken and hijacked by these globalist elitist jagoffs, for lack of a better word, you know, um, who have taken that away from us and have, have written history. Uh, uh, who knows at what point these people really, who knows at what point these people really started writing that narrative, you know, could it, could it have been around the time of the dark ages? I could assume so. I could assume maybe around the time of the Dark Ages, this is when they started to rewrite the history for humanity, you know, but uh, that's that's uh, that's beyond my purview and beyond my uh, total depth of knowledge in regards to world history and uh, stuff like that. So I won't go there 100 uh, percent. But what I am saying, ladies and gentlemen, is we are at a pinnacle. Um, you know, when I have told people that I know, people that I respect, people that I love, people in my family this is coming, that is coming, this is coming, that is coming. Just like, just like people in my family have said, you know, uh, something to the effect that Armageddon's coming, Armageddon, 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 Armageddon. You know, I, and I keep telling them this is coming, this is coming, this is coming. Uh, we will have an oppressive government. Uh, we will see, we will see America trying to be taken down. Um, and we will see a point in humanity where we have to make the choice of whether we're going to stand up for what is true in our hearts and what we know to be true to ourselves as, as our God-given rights, human rights, perhaps some people would say, right? Um, who don't, who don't uh, specifically bank on, you know, higher powers and the spirituality. Um, but we're finally at that point, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this is it. This is it. Okay. 
We have we have uprisings around the world. The Great Awakening was not limited to the shores of America. The Great Awakening was not limited to the shores of America. We just happen to be the epicenter of where all this is happening because where America goes, so goes the world. But we still have these uprisings. We have the people of the world uprising against the austere approach that these globalist slave owners would try and control us. And we do, 100%. And they do as well. France, Australia, London, standing up against these, uh, these draconian mandates that uh, are, are presenting them with a future of desolation and, and no sense of survival, okay? No sense of survival. It's happening, ladies and gentlemen. The Great Awakening is here, not just limited to the shores of America. And even as I mentioned it yesterday in our report, you know, even in America now, it is happening. I told you guys, when it is time for us to stand and gather and stand up, we will, right? And, and you know, it is going to be over these mandates for vaccines and masks. That's going to be the catalyst, okay? But God has a very funny and mysterious way, and I saw Aurelius Locke had put into the uh, chat, dramedy, right? The cosmic, uh, what was it? Uh, what was, what was uh, Dante's Inferno? It was the divine comedy, Right. Uh, one could only stand back and laugh at the scenarios and the situations that we as human beings have put ourselves into just to learn a lesson from those hardships that we bestow upon ourselves. And this indeed is a dramedy. We, it is a lot of drama, but uh, we, can, we can take a step back and we can pick it apart and we can maybe have a laugh at it when we realize exactly how ridiculous this has become. And obviously we have bad actors and bad players in the mix that take themselves too seriously. You know, they, they take themselves too seriously. Uh, but ladies and gentlemen, uh, we are at that point. You know, we are at that point. And the vax and the jab and the masks and, uh, you know, the duress that those who do not and will not subjugate themselves to this experimental gene therapy session wherein we basically forfeit the gift that was given to us, this perfect body. Now, this body ain't perfect. We know that, right, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, after, after centuries and decades of, uh, you know, uh, imbibing and digesting, toxins and stuff and it was made that way ladies and gentlemen and you know i know that i know that this is not an idea that is um how you say uh uncommon or unheard of or unfounded but you know i was at i was at a hospital doctors today and um the difference the difference for me in in being there was in fact the location of this hospital. And I looked around, ladies and gentlemen, while I was at, a, I, at this doctor's visit that I took my, my mother to today. Um, and, you know, we're talking about a location, physical location, 
on this planet in this city that I'm in that is totally liberal Democrat owned in a neighborhood that is totally neglected, totally neglected by the city and the city council, totally neglected for um, information on what's going on in politics, totally neglected for, uh, you know, um, um, any kind of any kind of movement or politics, just totally neglected. Right. And we're in an area that people have basically for decades accepted and asked for the commonalities of propaganda and what has been espoused to them over time with no question, people who don't question. And I looked around in this facility that I sat in and I watched everyone. I watched everyone. All of them were much older and falling apart, whether by obesity or whatever it was, you know, whatever it was. And I just thought to myself, man, this is the exact, this is the exact job that they wanted to perform on humans. You know, this was, I was sitting in an area that was basically designed, designed as a, uh, as a, as a, I don't know, like an intermediary. It was, it was there to, um, to address the issues that were created to put those people in that place. Okay. If that makes sense, you know, they, they give you uh, bad information. You know, they give you bad sustenance. By that, I mean food and water. They give you uh, bad, uh, you know, bad um, advice on how to live your life, right? And they all go along with it and they all become self-propelled uh, human beings, uh, self-propelled stomachs of human beings who are falling apart, who have all types of medical concerns. And this is making me also think of the cult of the medics, uh, which uh, I played the uh, preview for on Mr. C in the Dark on Saturday. And I believe actually, ladies and gentlemen, today is the day where episode one drops. I'm going to have to go check that out after this, if I remember. Um, and and it made me think, you know, because God, there's just so many things going through my head. But it is designed that way. Get them sick. Keep them sick. They'll depend on them uh, through the rest of their life thinking that they are getting better, but this is all by design, all by design. And, uh, and, you know, also with the insurance companies involved as well, milk them for all their money and then bury them. And these people will never question. They will never question why it is that they are in the place that they are in. And uh, I will sit back and I will observe and watch and it's just, it's sickening, ladies and gentlemen. It's quite sickening. It's quite disgusting. And uh, that's part of the game. That's part of, that is part of the pursuit. That is part of the war that has been set up against us. Us, ladies and gentlemen. And to that entire quadrant in the city that I live in, to that entire quadrant, my heart and prayers go out to them. And I would pray for them to have discernment. And I would pray for them to have eyes that can see and ears that can hear and a spirit that is open. It's, it's, it, it was totally disgusting, totally disgusting. 
And they all just sat there. They just sat there. Complicit, complacent, you know, they just sat there. And, and it was just like, this is normal. And I'm looking at everyone. And we're talking like the, the human body is a miracle. Like I said, perfect body. We've been given this perfect body. Not perfect now because of all of the, all of the, uh, you know, um, all of the things that have uh, been introduced to us to ruin it. But the perfect body, you know, the perfect vessel for the spirit, the soul that is, is having this experience as a human being, you know. One that heals itself, one that has given an immune system, one that uh, can, you know, do as many things. I mean, as fragile as our bodies are, they are miraculous. But those people can sit there and they can look in a room with everyone that is just falling apart as much as they are. And this is normal. And to me, it's, it was not normal. It was not normal to be sitting there in that waiting room and experiencing the energies and, and the, uh, you know, experiences of these individuals, you know, and I'm not talking down on them because trust me, my vessel ain't so perfect these days and it is getting much older, but uh, we were given those perfect bodies, the, the perfect type of vessel, you know, the perfect type of vessel uh, that may not be as uh, fastidious and resilient as uh, those in the days of yore, right? And we're going back to like Abraham and Moses and all those people who are living 300, 600, 900 years, right? Uh, but that's not to say that we couldn't reach that pinnacle again. That's a pinnacle, right? Yeah, and getting this vessel to go that long, right? <laughs> Boy, man, if you 100 years old, you're just a child, baby. <laughs> Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, let me get off my rocker here. Let me get off my rocker. And again, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sea Report for September 1st, the first day of September. We're in, uh, we're in my birth month here, ladies and gentlemen. Let me tell you what, uh, we're going to have a lot of fun times throughout the rest of this month. And uh, it will be a good one for sure. I, I foresee very good things happening to us patriots in the in the not too distant future uh it's it is it is what it is in regards to the fact that it has to be this way and again we are seeing suffering uh we are seeing consternation uh, on all sides of the boards for patriots and for non as well as uh as for other members in this world around the planet uh, when we see this entire, entire failure that is happening all around, all centered around Afghanistan and, again, the Middle East. And uh, there's there's got to be something to say about uh, all of the uh, trials and tribulations and all of the... Uh, all of the stumbling footstones uh, over there in the Middle East. I mean, they stumble themselves and they stumble the world. And that's kind of where we uh, we fall in that regard. Um, but yes, so we got that going on tonight. We will start with uh, Trump and Barney and company. A uh, brief interview, not as long as yesterday's interview with OANN and President Trump. Uh, we'll also be on the Rhino Watch. Okay, and this is going to be most specifically... Most specifically in regards to uh, the rhinos that uh, are espousing their conviction for a, uh, a legitimate forensic audit. Yeah, that might give you some kind of hints about who we're talking about. Uh, but uh, there's another rhino in the mix, ladies and gentlemen. And I don't think you guys are going to be uh, too happy uh, with what we have to share with you all today. But never forget, guys.
all bad news comes with good news, depending on how you look at it. And the point of the matter is we are being given the eyes to see it. If we're aware that people will show you who they are, if you're looking closely, okay? Because we gotta, we gotta, we got a steady conservative Republican America first person who has just pantsed himself. He's dropped trow and he's shown us who he really is. And uh, we'll see how you guys react to that as we go into that story. Uh, DeKalb County, to stay on track and to keep our eyes on the prize and not to lose focus over there in Georgia, a new story coming about illegal ballots. And uh, let's not forget, ladies and gentlemen, what we're saying in that regard, especially in Georgia, especially in Georgia and Michigan, it should hold water there too. But uh, uh, as Michigan went through a legal process and a jurisdictional uh, judicial process, uh, all of their proof was just dismissed. Okay. Georgia did not go through that process. Instead, you had multiple, multiple, um, multiple um, inquiries and factors that went into demystifying what was certified in the 2020 presidential election. And I'll say it until I'm blue in the face or until my face is as red as the coat I'm wearing. I'll say it again. Uh, you know, Georgia could totally decertify at this point with everything that we've been given. They could totally decertify the 2020 presidential election and then move forward with their forensic audit. But we'll see how that goes. We'll also have um, an Arizona audit update of sorts by Patrick Burns. Uh, you guys may be more familiar with Patrick Burns uh, since the last few months uh, where he's really risen to the surface as a cream of the crop uh, in regards to his um, his position in all of these things. Because I know uh, there's there was a cloud of doubt around Patrick for quite some time. Uh, but hopefully he has uh, shown you all who he is by way of example and action. And uh, we're not just listening to, uh, you know, people you know, spousing, uh, just saying words, you know, because I just say words here on the show. And and I always do encourage you guys to, uh, to uh, you know, you know, uh, don't take my word for it, as LeVar Burton would say. Uh, but, um, you know... Uh, Patrick, I think, has uh, proven himself to you all, I hope, at this point. And finally, we will actually get into some COVID-19 stories tonight. And we'll talk about the fallout that has been going on for the American people, if it weren't just for the Patriots, right? No, we're not talking about the fallout for the Patriots here tonight. We're talking about the fallout for the sheeple, asleep, apathetic, not knowing, not caring, zombies of the world in the United States of America. And we'll, we'll get into that a little bit tonight. But uh, before we move on any further in today's report, uh, let me get into the chats and say hello to ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you guys have been uh, hanging out. There's a few of you guys hanging out prior to today's uh, broadcast. So uh, awesome to see you all coming on out and uh, saying hello, kind of uh, setting the stage. And getting things ready for tonight's report, we got Aurelius Locke in the house, Pilled by the Rabbit. Pilled by the Rabbit's been dropping them updates prior to the show. I can't uh, tell you how much I appreciate that. And, and you know, it, it, well, I mean, it means something. Uh, you know, it means something. Um, it, it's, it, to me, it's not, it's not a factor that I would um, 
It's not a factor that I would allow to puff me up or bring me down. Uh, but over at pill.net, uh, you know, they have the, uh, they have the, uh, the like or dislike factor, which comes in, it comes in, comes by way of the red pill or the blue pill. And I shared with you guys a story about the red pills over at pill.net and something that I was experiencing. And you guys talk about an army, right? Talk about an army of real, legitimate, organic audience, viewers, people, friends, family that went over there and supported um, the Mr. C channel over at pill.net that way. Thank you all so much for that. Like I was not expecting that kind of um, that kind of a reaction. Uh, but to be sure, um, pill by the rabbit does keep us updated on that information. So thank you pilled. And uh, thank you all for taking the time uh, and the energy because really that's what it boils down to. Time is energy in most regards uh, uh, to uh, pop in that red pill approval um, and uh, um, agreement over at pill.net. It's fun. You know, it's a fun, it's a fun aspect of the pill.net platform, you know, because it is, uh, it is uh, how you say um, it is specialized and it is uh, geared in a way that really speaks to the Patriot community uh, kind of, kind of like a little niche that they have, you know, kind of, kind of making a reality out of the uh, philosophies and the mythologies of those who are awake in this day and age. And that's pretty cool. You know, it's pretty cool. Uh, same thing with the gold pills. Now, I don't think there was any gold pills over in uh, the Matrix movie, um, but uh, I forget how the second and third movie went. But uh, the gold pills are, you know, also a very a very cool way uh, to show your appreciation for content creators over at pill.net and the foxhole.app. So uh, um, um, many thanks again for those uh, very fun times, very fun things. You know, it's a, uh, it's a nice, it's a nice little, um, I don't know. It's a, it's a nice little, uh, um, you know, thing, you know, uh, to have here over at the platform, really making a name for themselves and taking advantage uh, in a good way, taking advantage of the nomenclature uh, to, you know, kind of uh, to kind of give us the warm and fuzzies and uh, and press forward in what we do. It's, it's our own thing, ladies and gentlemen, if you're over at uh, if you're over at Clout Hubber or at Twitch, uh, you might be curious. I'd say go check out pill.net. Go check out the foxhole.app. And uh, you don't know what you're in for when you do. Uh, Pilled Jessica, uh, another member of the Pilled by the Rabbit crew. I still haven't seen Cousin It yet, Pilled. Also in the house, uh, lay you a red lay a red one on you, Mr. C. Thank you, Pilled, with kissy mark. Don't get jealous, Pilled. Uh, I mean, and Pilled says, uh, Mr. C, I did an interview with Chilled.uk today. Had some technical issues, but it should be edited. Um, talked about art and Sasquatch and Skinwalkers. Oh, Pilled, that's pretty cool. I will have to check out the replay over there at uh, Chilled.uk. Uh, and he he came uh, he came onto the foxhole.app platform after uh, after I got in. But this, uh, from my understanding, chill.uk has has uh, been doing work for quite some time, probably well before I was doing work. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'll definitely check that out. Pill by the rabbit. I'll, I'll just let you know I'm I'm a little green, like a fried green tomato. Uh, that uh, you didn't come over here and get on the Mr. C channel first, but I'm not going to hold it against you because I love you, uh, but I will most definitely support you. Tam Growls in the house. Hello, Angel. 
Uh, how are you doing today? And uh, let's see, we have here um, Aquaria 9. Or is that 11? Aquaria 11. I could say Aquaria G, right? <laughs> Anyways, uh, Aquaria G. I mean, Aquaria 11. Welcome to the Sea Chats. First time I've seen you here over at uh, the Sea Report and the Sea Chats. Uh, come on in, get your snacks, uh, and uh, everyone will make you feel right at home. I'm most definitely sure. Aurelius Locke, again, yes, sir. How you doing today? Uh, and uh, t uh, talking about China, Joe Biden already and AP9889. That is anonymous patriot. Pardon me. That is anonymous patriot, not agent provocateur. Anonymous patriot 9889 hanging out. How's it going, buddy? Good to see you in the house tonight. Um, let's see here. Uh, let's see here. Uh, and I agree with you 100% on that. Aquaria 11. Without fixing 2020, there is no 2022. Man, I was singing that from the mountaintop, from the jump, my friend. Uh, we cannot move forward with elections until we have that resolved, you know? And and the timetables, the timelines, it's getting pretty close. Oh, wait, I don't want to look at my watch like illegitimate joke and uh, disrespect you guys, right? WC Cranop, what's up, my buddy? How are you doing tonight? Uh, uh, I hope you are enjoying your dinner. My friend, uh, do tell, do tell. Epic Vita, Epic Life. Welcome to the Sea Chats. I have not seen you in the chats before. If you're coming up from the wallflowers of lurkers, welcome, 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 and uh, welcome to the light. A stolen vote is a two-point swing. I subtracts a legitimate vote and it adds an illegitimate one. Cheating is incentivized. Ah, indeed. That's a smart one, actually, Epic Vita. Had not thought about it in that perspective, right? Nixon 71, uh, taking off gold standard with start of present attach, my opinion, or attack. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we won't be covering it here today, uh, but Saudi Arabia and Russia have, have moved to get off of the petrodollar uh, now, if any of you guys follow those types of economics, you know, when they moved us off the gold standards uh, and they put us on the petrodollar, it was basically a way to infect the world with our debt and also uh, and also to take away uh, take away any type of uh, any type of real um, real hard commodity current backed currency that would not lose its value or its spending power. It would not be. Uh, it would not. Uh, it would not get weaker over the years. Indeed, that is happening right now, and uh, we may cover that. You know, my, the international episode. We'll get there, guys. We'll get there. This week is. Uh, this week is a four-day week, so we'll see how that goes. But yes, uh, that is. That is. I mean, a hundred percent. And you know, that started back in the '30s when they uh, started to take up all of the gold of Americans. Uh, you know, and strip them of uh, something that had true value. Most definitely a tra tra a tragedy, a tragic dra dramedy, a tragic dramedy says Aurelius Locke, a tragedy. <laughs> That's a mouthful right there. Tragedy, tragedy. <laughs> oh man, uh, use that in a sentence three times and park it in the dictionary, my friend. Park it in the dictionary. All right, let's see what we got also going on here. We're gonna keep moving on through the chat so we can get today's report. Uh, Philly Q is in the house. Good evening, Philly Q. Hope you're doing well this night. And thank you for all the, the links that you drop as well, Philly. 
Um, I have looked at uh, I have I have looked at those links. Uh, she she dropped one in about how to fake. It was like what a car bombing or a bombing. Man, that was. I need to find a space to play that. Uh, you know, I just I got to curate it within the stories that I tell. Uh, it would have been very apropos. Would have been very appropriate to, uh, while we're talking about Afghanistan, because uh, again, guys, like uh, it's the 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 narrative of Afghanistan is kind of run away with itself. Uh, but, uh, but in the early days of the failure of this Biden regime in the Middle East and everything that's happening, it would have been a very appropriate to play that. It's kind of like, you know, um, that, uh, that video that they have of someone, um, like hanging from a helicopter, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to declare left or right or right or wrong, but I swear I've seen that somewhere before. I swear I've seen that somewhere before, and uh, I don't know. I don't know, guys. Uh, without, I mean, and I'm again, I'm not denying uh, that the Taliban is uh, is probably most likely going to try and strike, right? Because that's another thing. The CIA director went over to, you know, uh, Afghanistan and spoke with the Taliban. Okay. Like he probably said, he probably told them the score and told them exactly what was going to happen and probably offered them a lot of money and their support. And, uh, and that's why things are going the way that they are. They're like, we're going to bring in ISIS and Al Qaeda. We're going to have this happen, that happen, you know, and uh, basically all you need to do is lie about your intentions and uh, we'll take care of you Taliban. And I, to that, I would say it's the Taliban's fault for allowing them to be played by the CIA once again, once again. Okay. So, uh, you know, I mean, unless I saw a video where that helicopter landed with the body, you know, or they cut it and it dropped from the sky and you had a reporter with a close up saying, look at the world and look, America, this person who hung from this helicopter was dropped by the Taliban without any kind of edits. All I can say is it looked computer generated to me, but uh, that's all I'm going to say about that. Okay. Uh, Tam Growl in the house. What did, uh, what did Tam Growl have to say? I have felt demons in hospitals before. I worked in one for 20 years, but it's powerful now. That's how I kind of felt, Tam Growl. Kind of how I felt. Thinking about the cult of the medics, like, it's not a good feeling. Oh, man. I mean, well, maybe we can get into that at some point. Um, but uh, you have firsthand experience. I've only been in hospitals and doctor's offices so many times. Uh, perhaps not to glean that depth of a feeling, but uh, that's an interesting comment, Tam Growl. I'd love to hear more about that. Moses was only 175 years old, says Skeeter Burke, when he died. But those before the, blood, uh, the flood lived a really long time. Yep, yep, yep. Our bodies are amazing things when they aren't being filled and stuffed with a bunch of poisons and things that denigrate, um, you know, our ability to heal. Thank you for the happy birthday month. Um, 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 uh, Skeeter Burke or Tam Growl, sorry. Uh, let's see here. Uh, mine's closer to Mr. C. Yes, uh, our birthdays are quite close. You'll have to remind me again. I, I, you said, well, when we last, when I last spoke with you, you said something like the third, third trope or third week, or I don't know. I don't remember. I'm not familiar with the terms that you were speaking. Uh, but yeah, ours is it the ninth? Ours are pretty close. Um, we appears now, ladies and gentlemen, we also have direct, uh, you know, um, um, account to account, avatar to avatar, user to user messaging here on pill.net. You can slide into my DMs here on pill.net. 
Uh, it's the moment I've been waiting for. I had one in there that was like three or four days old and I didn't even realize and I felt so bad. Um, but one, two, three, SKG, sweetie out there. I responded, you know who you are. Well, I just told everyone who you are. But anyways, yeah, slide into my DMs really cute and remind me of your birthday. <laughs> anyways, okay, let me see what else we got going on here so we can get into our report for today. Uh, let's see here. Um, I'm disappointed by news about rhinos, but not surprised, says Skeeter Burke. Well, I mean, if you guys are paying attention to the headlines today and this one, I did not see in any of the uh, typical um, journals and media outlets that I go to for news, uh, but it's out there and uh, it might disappoint you guys a little bit, uh, but we'll see what's up. And again, like I said, it's a blessing to know they are showing us who they are uh, and when they need to, and we need to see it. Okay. And, and this one happened to be undercover, uh, an undercover lefty caught this conservative Trump supporter saying something worse than what Mo Brooks said during the Alabama rally. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, that's what I'm talking about here. And you'll hear it here at the Sea Report. I don't know if anyone else has covered it because I just don't uh, don't have the time or the ability to, to look at everyone every day. Uh, Nikki Haley broke my heart, but I'm still not over it. Uh, this is coming from, um, let's see here, uh, Miss uh, Skeeter Burke. Wait, no, yes, I am. Well, good thing. Because we need to know who these people are. We need them to show their faces, and we need to uh, we need to stay uh, we need to keep our resolve in these matters when these uh, you know rhinos uh, decide to surface uh, from below in their swamp pits uh, and what you call it. Um, let's see here today. What else do we got going on? <laughs> uh, casual GG, good evening, and welcome into the sea chat. Skeeterberg gifting a cookie. You look like you need a cookie. Thank you so much. Yes, uh, I could I could use the sugar, even though it's probably not good according to my family's health history. Um, let's see here, Aurelius. Maybe I should go start hitting red pills over there. Uh, you guys have done amazing. I was not expecting that y'all did not have to do that. I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't phase me. Like I said, it doesn't puff me up and it doesn't knock me down if I get blue pills or, or red pills. Um, you know, it, it is it is it is like um, how would you say a, a symbol of your of your um, confidence in what we do here at the Sea Report. Someone was trying to knock me down for a minute and uh, it didn't work because um, it's again, you know, it's it's I already knew what was going on. Uh, but you guys, like, you guys really showed up and uh, and uh, put it out there and uh, hopefully scared them away because, uh, you know, anyways, it's not worth it. Uh, you know, we'll do, we'll do, a, 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 I said this yesterday, we'll do a late night and and maybe I'll, I'll go into some personal things and other things that don't have to do with, uh, that don't have to do with, you know, uh, politics and, and current events. Uh, but that's what this show is for. The Sea Report is for current events news headlines and politics so uh that is what it is that is what it is ladies and gentlemen seize the day 911. welcome to the show good evening good evening the foxhole is loaded right now says aurelius lock uh ptp uh 412 the texan salty cracker red pill project brooks agnew and five others that is a testament to all of you out there who are on twitch and on the clout hub uh, there are a lot of content creators who get featured here at the foxhole.app. And guess what? We don't get censored. So I'm going to say COVID, COVID, COVID-19, pandemic, shamdemic, 
and election fraud and election integrity and uh, MAGA and where we go and where we go all all night long until I'm blue in the face or as red as my coat and I'm going to enjoy it because I will not be censored here over at the Foxhole the app and it's all about free speech. So ha! Go check out the rest of the content creators. Now, this is prime time. I mean, traditionally speaking, you know, seven, eight, nine, even 10. This is prime time, you know, so there are a lot of shows to see. Um, and there are a lot of a lot of uh, content creators to, to um, check out a lot of patriots out there who are sharing their ideas and perspectives, uh, all, all which I believe are pretty valid. You know, and uh, it makes it a little bit difficult. You know, it, it kind of becomes free market when we get down to it here at uh, the seven o'clock hour over at the Foxhole app. Uh, and may the best man win. And that's what it's all about. You know, uh, to me, well, I, I don't compete, first of all, with anybody. I just do my own thing. Uh, and so I, I consider myself blessed that I have you all along for the ride, you know, um, um, because, uh, you know, I mean, that's not competition is healthy, right? It brings out the best, you know, it, it puts everyone into an innovative mode. It keeps us on our toes, uh, but at the same time, respect to everyone else uh, involved at that time. If they want to look at it as competition, all good. I don't got, I don't got to compete with anybody though. I'm just going to do my thing in my little corner of the foxhole.app. Okay. Uh, let's see here. What else we got? Um, oh, what was that Skeeterberg? Foxhole.app is on Roku. I can see that happening. I can see that happening for dang sure. 18th. Oh, that's right. Oh, we're like two days apart, Philly Q. Third Deacon. I don't I don't know that uh, that bit of, I guess, uh, what would that be? Astrology or just like, I don't know what that would be considered. You'll have to, you'll have to share that with me. Teach me, Philly Q. Teach me. <laughs> All right. Okay. I think that about takes us through our chat for today and we can get into uh, we can get into uh, today's report. I just love to uh, spend a little bit of time with you guys before we hit it. And we're going to hit it hard tonight with our news and views on current events and headlines here in the great United States of America. And uh, yeah, that's, that's what we got. Oh, we have someone over in uh, Twitch or at least was over at Twitch probably about uh, six to seven minutes ago. Um, a Q is real and is leftist, says this individual over at Twitch. Look up the storm and you find a pro-Marx book written in 1904. Uh, you know, you know, uh, so, okay, so I'm going to address this here and now, um, because why not? Now, uh, we always have, uh, we always have, uh, you know, fun, fun individuals that drop over here into the sea report during, uh, our Twitch broadcast and uh, you can never tell which way that they're going to go. Uh, you know, they will agree with you. And then about midway, they will totally, totally just, uh, you know, start turning on everything that you've said. So it's kind of like the hook, line and bait, right? They hook you in with agreement, they bait you, and then they just start like dropping all of these like blue and black pills. Anyway, so uh, this this individual over at Twitch says Q is real and is leftist. Look up the storm and you find a pro Marx book written in 1904. Who else the elites, if not owner class, poison made from capitalists? The uh, I am not familiar with this. The storm, uh, which is a pro Marx Marx book from 1904. But what I will tell you, ladies and gentlemen, 
is that in uh, socialist Russia, um, they did have a playbook that they used. Um, and, and in this playbook, uh, wherein they, um, and, and this, is, this is sounds about the right time period, about 1904, when we're seeing the Bolsheviks come up and all that stuff, and the ruination of, you know, the free people of Russia, they used a psyop on the people of Russia, wherein, uh, you know, they talked about, uh, you know, they talked about a secret force, a military force, uh, a group of good guys that were working within the administrations of Russia and, and were working behind the scenes in the politics that were going to handle everything. And so the people of Russia didn't have to do anything to fight against this Marxist takeover because they had military and politicians and agencies working behind the scenes to ensure that this would not happen. Okay, so it, it does quite mirror the um, the trajectory that the Q tail was taking us on in lulling the people into a false sense of security so that they did not have to act. So to this individual out here in Twitch, I would have to say, if this is the story that you're talking about, it's 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 feasible. It's feasible. Uh, would they throw the story of some, uh, you know, force working behind the scenes upon Americans so that they would not take up arms and take action and be activated to do something for their own country and for themselves and their brothers and sisters? It's very quite possible, ladies and gentlemen. And I didn't come into queue until late, like late in the game, you know. Um, but this is not about Q here at the C report. Uh, if I may say some dumb over at Twitch, um, I don't espouse Q theories, nor do I look into Q things. Uh, I will, I will recognize, at least for the benefit of my own sanity, I will recognize the Q element as an element that was there to awaken the people, and it did. Q, the Q element um, awakened the people about things that were going on and it cued them in no pun intended into uh into ideas and into um you know uh, um theories that may not have been present for them before that but in that way also also as Philly Q said in the chat, taught us how to fight and stand up for ourselves, you know, and and uh, uh, and did give us a sense of hope. Now that's that's the clincher right there, because I would say I would say after President Trump, anything Q, um, anything Q, and I'm not talking about Q specific, whatever that was, I would say that was meant to lull us into a false sense of security and to kind of just stand on the sidelines and root for the imaginary or, you know, invisible team that was taking care of ourselves. And, and I will, and I will say this with the, and I will say this lightly and please do take it with a grain of salt. Uh, but I would say that devolution is probably the same exact thing. You know, I would say, I would say good if devolution is true Good if that is something that's going on behind the scenes, but don't get taken away with it. Don't, don't, don't let it wrap you up into inactivity and complacency. And, and, you know, we still need to have our boots on the ground. 
We still need for our representatives to hear our voice. We still need for our neighbors to hear our voice, okay? We still need for our family and our friends to hear our voice. So we shouldn't just get our popcorn, wrap up with a blanket, and sit down and watch the show. It awakened people and it activated people, Q did, right? And I think therein lies the difference between what we saw in Russia uh, back in the early 1900s and that PSYOP that is documented. It is documented. This PSYOP did occur in Russia. And, and it even included admirals and generals talking about a force that would change and, and attack and arrest the Bolshevik terrors, right? That's a real thing that happened, ladies and gentlemen. It's in the history books if you look it up. Um, so I don't know. I don't know, my friend over there and Twitch, uh, thank you for confusing me uh, as to whether or not you're a troll, but actually saying some things that I have actually read and seen to be quite true. So uh, yeah, what an interesting way to start the sea report today, ladies and gentlemen. A few, a few, uh, a few tirades and a few uh, bits of healthy discussion. I love it, love it, love it, love being here with you guys tonight. Uh, once more, before we jump into it, the Patriot Movement disproves that theory of a Marxist, says Philly Q. Indeed. Well, if Q is a psyop, says Aurelius Locke, and uh, uh, it succeeded. If it's a Marxist psyop, it failed miserably. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir, for that uh, that confirmation of positivity in regards to that. Because that's what I think, you know. Uh, because I've heard it. I've heard. I've heard it as a psyop for the good guys, and I've heard it as a psyop for the bad guys. And the good guys, it seems to kind of outweigh more. It's just uh, we need to remember not to try and uh, not to try and own, or or to try and sequester. Q knowledge through our own ideas, uh, but to actually act and uh, do something. And that's not saying that we aren't doing something, uh, but we cannot, we cannot become complacent uh, in that regards. Complacency equals complicity. Good evening, uh, Mr. Speak Uneasy. Good to have you in the show tonight. And also uh, to uh, Connie Ketchup. Let me see what Connie Ketchup had to say before we jump into the report. Um, let's see, Connie Ketchup, where'd you go, sweetie? Uh, well, most of it backfired on them because it brought a whole lot of people together. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, uh, the Q, uh, the Q, if Q was a psyop, it brought a whole bunch of patriots together and woke up a whole bunch of people. Now all I can say is, may those people not be sequestered and memory hold or complacently hold into, uh, into uh, digital warriors in a small corner of the internet we need to show our faces and grit our teeth and get IRL in real life about it. And that's why uh, we as patriots are starting to meet up and group together in real life. Like, uh, you know, the Patriot, uh, the Patriot Roundup and the Double Down is a good example of that. Uh, and, and, and other endeavors and uh, things that we are doing together as a community to bring it outside of the Internet and, uh, you know, to put it into real life so they can hear our voices and know exactly where we stand in that regard. Um, at least that's the way I see it. Um, and, and I'm not saying if, uh, you know, if you don't do it, it's not enough, but it's, it's gonna be, up to, I'm, not, I'm not gonna judge that, but it's gonna be up to you all in the end about where you're gonna take it. 
uh, in that regard. I don't know this mean, I don't know this same operation was discussed about eight years ago with a guy named Drake with David Wilcock. Ah, David Wilcock. I know him, but it still worked, got people to wake up. Um, I didn't hear that story from Wilcock. I dropped off uh, Wilcock quite a while ago, uh, but I used to listen to him when he was first hitting the markets. Um, I've heard he is a PSYOP as well. Um, uh, as far as, uh, David Wilcock goes, very interesting that I haven't kept up with the man in a while. Um, but, um, I, I always enjoyed hearing his stories about the, uh, the, uh, Chinese, uh, rendition of the globalist. What were they? The, the, dra the white dragon family or something like that. I don't know. It's been a minute. Uh, but I woke more before it with WikiLeaks, so it made sense, you know, plus the research I had already done. Says Connie Ketchup, absolutely. I mean, it kind of it kind of distilled everything through Q uh, and brought to the front like tropes and and, uh, you know, archetypical stories and tales. Like, for example, you know, when uh, when Epstein hit the news cycle and that was something that was something that we as patriots had known about for 10 years before Epstein hit the news cycle and Q melded into that and and awoken awakened more people because of it maybe Q is smart people using d-wave quantum computing and one other technology called looking glass where have we heard that looking glass thing before Mr. C I know a little bit about looking glass from a few things Aside from Alice in Wonderland, right? Um, uh, but uh, that 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 right there, uh, pill by the rabbit, I think is probably more on the ball. Um, and and you know, quite frank, to be quite frank, um, when it comes to anything Q post Trump, I think uh, I think that they were trolling people. I think the Q team was trolling people. Anything post Trump. Um, let's see here. Uh, we got to get into today's report, ladies and gentlemen. I'm already at an hour. Uh, devolution is a plan of action, not we hope happens. Good, good. May devolution be a plan of action? That's from Philly Q. Um, um, but, but I mean, uh, while devolution might be a plan of action on paper, um, you know, some, some, and I'm not saying anyone present or anyone not present, but some people will hear things like that and will be like, okay, good. I don't have to do anything then because the military is going to handle it. And I'm not saying that we are those type of people, but we have to be careful that that kind of, uh, you know, energy and inaction doesn't come from putting too much faith and hope. Sharing the news is one thing, right? And I have not listened to anyone that has talked about devolution. I mean, I, it's like what, nine, eight, nine, ten parts long. I read part one, you know. And I have not listened to a single individual talk about devolution, so I could not tell you uh, their perspectives, viewpoints, or how they um, aerate that idea. But all I can say is when we have this mythical, and I say mythical because it's not nothing that we can prove at this time, but when we have this mythical, uh, you know, um, um, uh, a group of people who are working behind the scenes you know, uh, some people will take a, a back seat and put their action on the back burner because they believe that, uh, you know, it'll, they believe that uh, they, they, they may not have to really do anything but pray and hope, right? But faith without works is dead. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, Merkers, Deborah, uh, Deborah Merk, welcome into the chat. Thank you for gifting the can. Uh, just V, I saw you there. Good evening, lady. Come on in. I know you've been here for a minute, sweetie. Uh, thanks for joining us. Good to see you again, Just V. Uh, 
Um, uh, Hodges, Allison1969, gifts the can, says, Hi, Mr. C. I'm finally catching a live show. Thankfully, there is a replay option. Love your show. Absolutely. You know, and like tonight when we have so many content creators, good ones out there, you know, if you got a fox hop, come back and check out the uh, the replay. Drop a red pill on it. Love to hear it. Love to hear it. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I got to jump out of the chats because uh, we may run into overtime, but I'm pretty sure that I'll be okay with you guys. I, I want to stay in the chat. Okay, let me. Okay, guys, I got I to gotta pull out of the chat. Okay, you guys are, yeah, y'all are mesmerizing me right now with y'all's conversation. Uh, but good conversation to have indeed. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and get into it. Oh, wait, real quick. Philly Q says, I have all devolution archived if you want. Please, Philly Q, send that over to me. Send it over to me or drop a link or get into, slide into my DMs and let, I would love to know about that. So, cause I didn't want to, I did not want to sign up and register under the Patriot Patels thing. I just didn't want to do it. So I read part one. Um, and like I said, I have not listened to or watched or viewed anything else on devolution. I would love to, I would love to tear into it with my own perspective and perception of things. Uh, but anyways, okay, ladies and gentlemen, we got to get into today's report. It is 8.38 Central Time, Texas Time, and we're going to get on going with it. We got a lot of stories ahead of you guys and some Trump, uh, some Trump-isms for us to go through. Now, first, as always, President Trump does lead here at the Sea Report, and he indeed is leading today. He led with his newest uh, campaign ad, the commercial about the abject failure of the illegitimate joke Biden regime junta that is trying to uh, trying to trying as it might uh, they're not even trying they're not even trying to be uh, our our leaders they're not even trying to help this country uh, he just went in there to TSU tear s up tear shit up and uh, make it uh, bring us back down to Obama standards that's what he's been there for and and bring back uh, the uh, the reputation of the country back down to Obama standards, right? That's what he was there for. That's what he did. And that is what he has accomplished. And that's why he will be out of office soon enough. Uh, but let's go ahead and take a look at what President Trump had to say. We have uh, three statements for you guys today. One statement and two endorsements coming from President Trump. Now, the first one we are going to start with, undoubtedly you all have read and or have heard uh, and, and this first statement coming, us, uh, coming from us today from President Trump is actually in response to Shana Chappelle, Shana Chappelle, um, and uh, she is the gold star mother of one of our fallen heroes in Afghanistan. Now, they're pictured with her is Shana and her son. Uh, again, um, um, you know, God rest his soul, lost his life during the terrorist attacks at the Kabul airport. And uh, she actually wrote a message to illegitimate joke Biden in regards to his lack of leadership and, you know, uh, really just striking him down himself. Now, I am going to share this message with you guys, the, the letter that she wrote to um, President-select Biden. Um, so bear with me, ladies and gentlemen, as uh, as he has, as I'm, you know, this has been in the news and it's it's quite emotional and uh, it is just um, it is just a mother expressing her angst and hurt and betrayal against uh, someone who should have been there to have protected and defended, um, you know, not only the life of her son, but also 
symbolically speaking through his spilt blood, uh, the country, the security of our country. Um, uh, Shana Chappelle said to um, Joe Biden, uh, this message is for you. I know my face is etched into your brain. I was able to look you straight in the eyes yesterday and have words with you. After I lay my son to rest, you will be seeing me again. Remember, I am the one who stood five inches from your face and was letting you know I would never get to hug my son again. Hear his laugh. And then you tried to interrupt me and give me your own sob story. And I had to tell you that this isn't about you. So don't make it about you. You then said you just wanted me to know that you know how I feel. And I let you know that you don't know how I feel. And you do, do not have the right to tell me you know how I feel. You then rolled your F. Well, I'm just going to say it. You, you then rolled your fucking eyes in your head like you were annoyed with me. And I let you know that the only reason I was talking to you was out of respect for my son. And that was my only reason why. I then proceeded to tell you again how you took my son away from me and how I will never get to hug him, kiss him, laugh with him again, etc. You turned to walk away and I let you know my son's blood was on your hands and you threw your hand up behind your back as you walked away from me like you were saying, okay, whatever. You are not the president of the United States of America, Biden. Cheating isn't winning. You are no leader of any kind. You are a weak human being and a traitor. You turned your back on my son, on all of our heroes. You are leaving the White House one way or another because you do not belong there. My son's blood is on your hands. All 13 of them, their blood is on your hands. If my president Trump was in his rightful seat, then my son and the other heroes would still be alive. You will be seeing me again very soon. By the way, as my son and the rest of our fallen heroes were being taken off the plane yesterday, I watched you disrespect us all five times by checking your watch. What the fuck was so important that you had to keep looking at your watch? You are nobody special, Biden. America hates you. A very, very emotional letter. Um, and um, I mean, I, I, I really don't have any words that, that, could, that, could, that could echo those sentiments. Um, no words whatsoever, ladies and gentlemen. But this is, this is the letter uh, or message that um, this mother of a fallen hero, um, one of our own, um, sent to Biden, and and it, it's it's a damning and condemning letter uh, by all by all standards or means of anything as such that has ever been penned um, from some from someone who's been so betrayed, so betrayed by an administration uh, that has has totally collapsed and uh, stands for nothing uh, but for the ruination of this country, you know. And, uh, and so that has made its rounds, ladies and gentlemen. I, I believe her account over on Facebook or Twitter was also suspended. Um, um, and I think Facebook released something to the effect that, uh, that uh, uh, they accidentally suspended her account, if I'm getting the uh, correct, uh, correct um, uh, gold star mother 
um, when I'm saying these things. But um, in response to that, uh, in response to that, President Trump um, released this statement. Uh, Shana, you are 100% correct. If I were president, your wonderful and beautiful son, Kareem, would be with you now. And so would the sons and daughters of others, including all of those who died in the vicious Kabul airport attack. Civilians should have been brought out first, along with $85 billion of equipment, with the military coming out very safely after all was clear. I love you, and I love Kareem. Um, and and as, as, um, as brief as a message as that was, ladies and gentlemen, a lot said there uh, by a true leader and a man who um, led this country uh, into greatness again, you know, and and a lot more said and a lot more respect and dignity given to a family who is suffering with a loss that we, I know I, uh, will not understand will, and, you know, and, and will never be able to to engage or reflect on in that regard and a hell of a lot more. Then and then this illegitimate president joke has done for these people who could not even acknowledge the families of the fallen and those that were lost, who who put him third in line when addressing uh, the condolences given to the victims over there. I, I believe he apologized for the Taliban who suffered their losses before he even mentioned, if at all the um the families who suffered the loss over there during that terrorist attack in afghanistan uh so uh, a lot a lot can be said and identified people will show you who they are it has been said before and undoubtedly this illegitimate regime this joke of an administration has shown us the american people and not just the patriots but the american people at large of exactly who they are and what their intent is by way of their negligence in action and ineptitude and, and, and their callous way of handling the fallen American heroes that we lost as our patriot brothers and sisters on that day last week in Afghanistan. Uh, so I, I thank President Trump uh, for still taking that leadership role in addressing this matter in spite of all of the other things that are going on in Afghanistan and with the regime right now, that is the Biden regime, still taking that time to show appreciation and heartfelt condolences to the people of America and to, um, and to our servicemen who fell. And that says a lot about the president and the man that is Donald J. Trump. All right. Our next statement from President Trump is an endorsement. Uh, it is an endorsement of uh, an individual named Sean Parnell. This is Sean Parnell. Uh, and uh, his endorsement states, Sean Parnell is running for the United States Senate to serve the great Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Sean bravely fought for our country as a captain in the United States Army and was awarded two bronze stars, one for valor and the Purple Heart. Unlike our current administration, he never left anyone behind. Sean is a great candidate who got robbed in his congressional run in the crime of the century, the 2020 presidential election scam, fraud, coup, call it what you will, President Trump. He will make any Pennsylvania 
uh, and any Pennsylvanian proud, very proud, and will fight for election integrity, strong borders, our Second Amendment, energy jobs, and so much more. Sean Parnell will always put America first. He has my complete and total endorsement. All right. Running for state senator in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. There's one to watch, ladies and gentlemen, as we move forward with the election cycle yet to come. And our final statement, another endorsement coming from, again, obviously, President Trump, uh, goes to Joe Kent. Uh, and uh, in regards to Joe Kent, President Trump writes, Joe Kent is a retired Green Beret and Gold Star husband running against rhino and incompetent Congresswoman Jamie Herrera Butler in the 3rd District of the state of Washington. Joe served his country proudly for many years and understands the tremendous cost of America's wars in the Middle East and elsewhere. In Congress, Joe will be a warrior for the American First Agenda, unlike Jamie Herrera Butler, who voted, despite the facts, against the Republican Party and for the Democrats' impeachment scam. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this Jamie uh, Herrera Butler, who we've uh, we've we've had her ugly mug across the screen maybe once or twice here at the Sea Report, was part of the uh, was part of the Band of Brothers, the uh, the uh, treasonous ten Republicans rhinos uh, who voted to impeach President Trump. Right? It's kind it's kind of cool knowing, and she's got to she's got to know her numbers up when you have someone. Uh, who's colored and ballard as Joe Kent is. Uh, the endorsement by President Trump uh, concludes, Joe Kent is strong on crime and the border, loves our military and our vets, and will protect our Second Amendment, which is under siege. I met Joe at Dover Air Force Base on the evening that his wife was being brought back from the Middle East, where she had been killed in combat. It was a very sad moment in Joe's life but I was incredibly impressed with him and told him that he should someday run for office. We need his voice and leadership in Washington, D.C. Now he is running and Joe Kent has my complete and total endorsement. All right. So running in the third district of Washington against Congressman or Congresswoman Jamie Herrera Butler, if you're in the state of Washington, that is definitely one to watch, ladies and gentlemen. And certainly to get that treasonous rat swamp creature out of office. I mean, she might have done it for herself by voting to impeach President Trump. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's rhino hunting season, season, ladies and gentlemen. As we like to say here, it is rhino hunting season. And that is the way it rolls. All right, ladies and gentlemen, up next we have um, a brief interview with President Trump on Barney and Company. Uh, this aired, I believe, yesterday morning on Fox Business Network. Uh, so we'll take a listen to it. It's about 20 minutes long or so. It's, uh, we, I mean, I had, like I said, I had two that were an hour long. Okay, And we're not going to do a sandwich of interviews today because I, I try and keep my promises, right? Uh, and uh, we nixed this one last night because we were running at four hours. Uh, but now we have it here for you guys today, and perhaps tomorrow we'll do the third interview with President Trump, um, and uh, we'll see how that goes. But in the meantime, in between time, ladies and gentlemen, get your snacks, 
get your popcorn, get your drink, and uh, let's just sit back and listen to uh, this interview. Again, President Trump on Varney and Company on Fox Business News yesterday morning. This is the replay. Enjoy. And now on the phone, former President Donald Trump. Mr. Trump, welcome to the program. Good to have you with us again, sir. Good morning, Stuart. The media is spinning this as a positive. All the headlines say ending America's longest war. How do you see it? Well, it should have been a positive, and it was a massive negative by anybody that uh, has a brain and that reads 95% of even the media that you talk about. It's uh, it's terrible. The platter was set. We're all set to have a victory in terms of getting out and getting out with dignity, and you could even say with victory. And uh, it was all lined up. The Taliban was petrified of us. They were all, they were just staying away. And all he had to do is take what we did and finish it up and take all the equipment out. I actually said every nail, every screw, I want everything out. And the people out, obviously, you start with the people and then the equipment. And then you blow up what you want to blow up and you keep maybe Bagram because we were planning on keeping Bagram because of its relationship, its location to China. This is a $10 billion base that they built over years, and uh, it's there. It's built, Oops. and it's near. It's, it's in a perfect perfect territory for us to have as an outpost. And President what Biden they've done is you. so terrible. And many people are there. Many people are left behind. It's not 100 people. You'll find out it's many hundreds of people and others. No. And to leave that military, I looked at your list yesterday. I looked at it tonight again, and I looked at it. The list is growing on the amount of machine guns and planes and helicopters and Apaches, and they're the finest you can get. And they were flying them yesterday. They weren't disabled. They were flying them yesterday and celebrating with people hanging off. I don't know if that was if they were friends hanging off or they were torturing people. But there were people hanging off Apaches yesterday. To Mr. leave President, that equipment, billions and Biden, billions of equipment behind is insane. But Biden blames you. Well, actually, interestingly, he doesn't. Because if you look at what he said, he said not one soldier was killed since I signed the deal. We signed a deal that was conditions-based. Everything was conditioned. And by the way, they didn't fulfill some of those conditions, and we bombed the hell out of them. And they called and said, okay, we'll do this. Well, and they were doing everything for us. They would have taken a look at when they started moving and taking over Afghanistan. It was after I was gone. So they, Biden made a statement three days ago. He said, from the day that agreement was signed, we lost no soldiers. And that was part of the deal. No soldiers. No Americans are to be injured, shot at, killed. No Americans and no soldiers. And you know what? That's what happened. And he said it. And I heard his people went crazy. He said it because I don't think he knew what he was saying. I was waiting for something else to come after that, like whatever he could think of. So actually... Uh, no, he didn't. He actually said something that was true. He said no people were killed, no Americans were killed, and which is true whatsoever since the signing of that agreement. And that was only one aspect of it. We would have left with victory. We would have left with $83 billion worth of equipment. It's inconceivable. That equipment is going to be coming at us for many years, many, many years. You have said that you want the Taliban or Afghanistan to pay for that equipment that's been left behind. How are you going to make them do that? 
Well, I'll tell you what, there's no bigger person for getting out of the Middle East than me. You know that. I've spoken to you many times about it, Stuart. Get the hell out. It's quicksand. The single worst decision ever made in our country's history for us to go to the Middle East, and I'm talking about overall. I defeated the ISIS caliphate 100% in Iraq and Syria. I defeated it. And it was a mess when I got in with Biden and Obama. It was a mess. I defeated it. We could have had a very, very good victory here, but I was absolutely get out with great dignity and victory. And it, it, with the equipment, when I heard that they left the equipment, now I'm a person that wanted to get out, but I'm also a person that says, go back and get the damn equipment, go back and bomb the hell out of it, do one thing or another. But that equipment wasn't they didn't decompose it. They didn't do anything with it. I, I see pictures of it. Um, some of the helicopters looked like a blade was missing, big deal. That could easily be fixed by Russia and by China. But I was saying that that equipment should be, it should be absolutely broken up. It should be bombed. It should, we can't let, we cannot let them have that equipment. That's the finest equipment made. That's better than what the American soldiers have. And they're now walking all over the streets with it. That was a horrible thing. The people and the equipment, both of them should have been brought out and they weren't. And under my plan, under no circumstance, and, and literally I use the expression, I want every nail and I want every screw brought out. This morning, 90 former generals and admirals are demanding the resignation of the defense secretary and the chair of the Joint Chiefs. Do you agree with that? Well, I think that's uh, absolutely correct. I can imagine how generals feel. Everybody in our military has been humiliated. Our country has been humiliated by the way they get got out. The withdrawal was a disaster. And we it looked like they would not look like. They told us to get out. They gave us a date, and that was it. That withdrawal was an absolute humiliation of the United States of America, and the admirals and generals are right. And more than that should resign. Um, President Biden will make a statement this afternoon. We do not know whether he's going to answer questions or not. He has not Probably answered not. questions in the past. And he always, or almost always, speaks from the teleprompter. Someone is writing his scripts. Who do you think is calling the shots here? Well, he does something that I've never seen before. He calls on somebody to ask a question, then he reads the answer from the teleprompter. How about that? I mean, that's something. They didn't give me that option. I well, well that, that does raise the question. Who is calling the shots? Like who is writing the scripts? Who well, is calling the look, shots? I have my opinions as to who calls the shots. I think it's a group of people, but I have a, a very strong opinion as to who, but I'd rather not say at this moment. But they are calling the shots. Uh, it's a... You know, it's a very funny thing, uh, they, and there's nothing funny about it, unfortunately, but uh, it's something that is rather incredible. They do horrible things, vicious things. They cheat, they steal, they lie, but they can't do a simple withdrawal from a country that we should have never gone into in the first place. They can't do a simple withdrawal. We should have hit that country years ago and hit them really hard and then let it rot. But we should have never done what we did. That was a bad, bad decision. But somebody's calling shots or a group of people are calling shots. I have my own very strong opinions on it. Well, tell so us, we'll talk Chris, about it later. I mean, you got, you got to tell us a little bit here. I mean, if, if well, the we'll President of the United States we'll is not thinking... Let's see, let's see 
Let's see if it's right. But I will say this. No, normally he doesn't take questions. He just turns his back on the American public. This is a time you have to take questions. Normally he doesn't take questions. But when he reads the answer to a question, and he always picks certain people, but when he reads the answer, they give him a question, and then he starts reading the answer off a teleprompter, that shows you how dishonest the press is. The media is unbelievably dishonest, far more dishonest. One thing I brought out is the dishonesty of the media because their approval rating is almost as low as Congress right now, which is a wonderful, I'm glad people get it. But when they give him a question, sir, and he reads the answer off a teleprompter, that means he knew the questions. Nobody ever told me the questions. This is Donna Brazil all over again, the famous Donna Brazil, a member of Fox for a short time. That was not good for Fox. What, what um, are you expecting from the president this afternoon? Do you think he will admit to any mistakes or will he look no, on the bright side no. and say, I ended the longest war? No, all they'll do is say, uh, we're out. They don't talk about the people killed. They don't talk about the sacrifices made by so many thousands of people, the thousands of our soldiers killed, hundreds of thousands of people killed, hundreds of thousands. You look at both sides. And very importantly, uh, we have been humiliated as a major player. Uh, our allies aren't going to look at us the same. You know, our allies took advantage of us for years, and I let people know it, and I let them know it. And they started paying in NATO where they really took advantage of us. Uh, uh, trading partners took tremendous advantage of the European nation. European Union was worse. The European Union was as bad as China or almost as bad as China in terms of us with trade. And yet we protected them militarily with NATO, uh, which is largely the same group of nations. I will say this. Uh, they have lost tremendous respect for the United States of America. And when I was president, they had unbelievable respect for us. But they have lost tremendous respect for our country. Tremendous. Beyond anything imaginable. Angela Merkel, uh, Chancellor of Germany, is talking about continuing an operation to get people out, even though America has now left. So they are yeah. continuing to get people out, or trying yeah. to at least. Uh, are we? Well, should right. we? Well, we should. We, sh we can't leave Americans behind. How do we there do it? There's no reason to do that. How do we do it? I spoke. I spoke with Abdul, the leader of the Taliban, on a number of occasions, and it was very tough conversations. And I said, we know where you live. We know everything about you. We know about your people, your top people. Some of them let out because of Bergdahl, who was a traitor. They let him out. They gave five people, three of whom became top people in the Taliban, probably were before. But I had a very, very tough conversation with him. They weren't going to do anything until Biden came in. Once Biden came in, it was different. It was different with Iran. It was different with China. It was different with many nations. But it was certainly different with Afghanistan and the way they treated us, it was and it, it was like day and night, like day and night. They literally would have done anything. They didn't want to be bombed, and we were bombing the hell out of them. And we made a great deal where we could withdraw. We wanted to withdraw. I wanted to withdraw. I didn't want to go into the first place, but I made a deal where we would have withdrawn with our people. 
with our equipment. We were in no rush and we were in no hurry. Just get the hell out, but get it all out and get all of the people out. And they didn't follow that scenario. They immediately caved to the Taliban, which they should have never done. And if you look at the map, the Taliban wasn't gaining. They gained all of that ground after I left. You look, I saw your map once where you put up a map where it starts off with some red and then it gets redder, redder, redder. Take a look at that map and look what happened after I left. They took over the country. And there was no fear of America anymore. They had great fear before. Our soldiers are great. We had actually, we have great generals, but they're not the television generals. They're not the guys you see on television who I think have made fools out of themselves and out of our country. The generals we have representing us on television have made fools out of our country. But I dealt with generals directly. I went to Iraq and I dealt with generals directly in fighting ISIS. And they knocked him out in four weeks. We knocked him out. And it was an amazing thing. Nobody could believe it. But they were real generals. And and someday I'll give you their names, too. Okay. But they probably would rather remain anonymous. But they knocked the hell out of them. 123,000 people were evacuated from Afghanistan. Yeah. Not all of them yeah. were properly vetted. What kind of yeah, reception sure. should we give them when they come to America? Well, you have to find out who they are. The terrorists, there's, I guarantee there's many terrorists in the lot. Uh, they already found a couple of criminal rapists that uh, came in. You read that story this morning. Uh, but many of those people, they were just running onto the planes. There was no vetting. There was no anything. It's pretty hard to vet when a country is, uh, is in the condition that they were. But there was no vetting. And maybe worst of all is we gave them a list of all the Americans in Afghanistan and I, I guarantee you they have far more than the 100 or even the 250 that they talk about. But we gave them a list of all of the Americans. And somebody told me that the list had a lot of Afghans that helped us on it also. Those people are in serious trouble. Are we in can a you imagine, situation? Can it, you it, imagine giving them a list? Is this a mass a list of situation? Everybody Excuse me? I'm sorry to interrupt you, sir, but is this a mass hostage situation? Well, it could be. They have a list now of all Americans and also many Afghans, and it was given to them, I think, under the pretense of, uh, you know, we'd like these people to be allowed to come onto yep. the plane. <laughs> you know, it's just, like, incredible. But they got a list of, of many people who are still there, and those people are in serious trouble. Serious trouble. The level of incompetence on this withdrawal is even far greater than the level of incompetence at the southern border. I had the tightest border we've ever had, ever had. And that included for drugs, for people, for terrorists, for everybody. I had the tightest border. And within four months, we had the worst border. It is now millions of people are coming into our country through our southern border. What it's a shame. Should, What's happened to our country in the last eight months is a disgrace. What should President Biden say to the American people this afternoon? Not what you think he might say, but what you think he should say. He should say, I'm sorry, because that's what he he owes an apology. And when he kept looking at his watch yesterday, I've been to Dover many times. When he kept looking at his watch yesterday at Dover with the parents and spouses of people that were killed, the Marines and the, and the Navy, 
the, the sailor that was killed, and he's looking at his watch like, get me the hell out of here. I want to go home. Get me out. I want to go home. I mean, how many times did he look at his watch? When he did that yesterday, it was uh, it was a disgrace. I think the best thing he can do is apologize to the American people and apologize to the world. You know, we had a lot of help in Afghanistan, and we left, and everybody else had to leave with us. But, uh, you know, the, the whole world deserves an apology. He gave it. He handed them a country, one of the be now one of the best armed countries anywhere in the world with the best equipment in the world, better than our soldiers have. He handed them a country on a silver platter. He, he ought to apologize and stop trying to excuse the language, bullshit everybody into thinking that what he did was good. We should have withdrawn, but we should have withdrawn in a totally different way. With great dignity, it would have been a tremendous win for us. Mr. President, I'd like to move on and talk about COVID and vaccinations, if we may. Right. Britain had a Freedom Day, July the 19th, removed all right. restrictions, and they're now good. doing rather well. Florida good. has removed all restrictions, and to, hey, to put it bluntly, so they're catching hell. How do you feel about opening up, having a Freedom Day like Britain? We've got to open up. We've got to open up our country. Our country is uh, artificially induced. If you look at the money that's being poured into our country through different things, including the Fed, including deals that are being made in Congress where they have a majority, so they're able to pass things like that fake in infrastructure deal where it's 11% infrastructure. And even that's not real infrastructure, a lot of it. Uh, and you go 1.2 trillion, now they want 3.5 trillion. And someday that whole act is going to come to a very bad crashing end. It's very bad. But open up our country, open it up. You know, it's interesting that states that have been very open or more open have done better than the ones that are closed in terms of COVID itself. And we did a great job on COVID including the fact that I got a vaccine done in less than nine months, which would have taken five years. But we did a great job, but now it's time to open up. And I see what they're doing in Europe, and I see what they're doing elsewhere. We have to follow suit. Soon, to go to work or travel in America, you're going to need a vaccination passport or proof of vaccination. Do you approve of that? Yeah. No, I don't. I don't. People have to have a choice. I believe in the vaccine. I'm the one that got them to... Get it done. Without me, you wouldn't have it for five years, and you would have had millions of people throughout the world dead. You would have lost millions and millions of people. But with all of that said, I recommend people take it. But you can't take away their freedoms. Last one about the markets, if I may. We're going to open up the Wall Street in about nine minutes. We're opening up at or very close to all-time record highs. The Dow Industrials have doubled since you were elected president in November of 2016. Yeah. Are you fully invested in the market? No, I'm not. Uh, I really am not too much. I was never a big stock market person, but, you know, I I did for a period of time, and it was good. You know, if it goes the right way, it's good. If it goes the wrong way, it's not good. But, you know, I built a foundation that was so strong with the uh, with all of the things, including the tax cuts. I hope they don't get rid of the tax cuts, because if they do, you're going to see people, companies leaving our country again. Uh, many, many countries, companies came into our country after I got elected 
because of the tax cuts and because of the fact that they could bring. We took in trillions of dollars of money that was outside our country that couldn't be taken in. And they used it within our country because they made it possible to bring that money back in before it was impossible. But we've created we created a foundation that was so strong that we had the best economy in history, and then we had the pandemic, and then we built it a second time, and we handed over the foundations of something great, and I just hope they don't blow it. Do you have a dabble in Bitcoin or cryptos? I don't. I like the currency of the United States. I think it's, you know, I think the others are potentially a disaster waiting to happen. I don't know. I don't. Uh, I, I feel that it hurts the United States currency. I think we should strengthen. We should be invested in our currency, not in. Uh, I, they may be fake. Who knows what they are? Will but tell they, us certainly are currencies, they certainly are something that people don't know very much about. No, I have not been. Okay. I have not been uh, a big fan. Will you tell us your role in the elections in 2022 and 2024? Well, I'm endorsing a lot of good people, and it seems like people can't get elected, and they can't get a nomination unless they have my endorsement. I'm very, we're 128 and 2 uh, so far over a very short period. I'm, I'll be announcing some further endorsements. Uh, the whole movement, there's never been a movement like we have right now. There's never been, whether you call it America first, make America great again, and that's what we need right now, make America great again after this disaster in Afghanistan. But I'm uh, I'm seeing a lot of people that are running for office and we're making our recommendations and endorsements. And when I do, we just had a big victory in Ohio. We had a victory in Texas. They like to try and claim a little bit different. We actually had two Republicans, one in Texas, first time in years. And uh, we had a great uh, congressional candidate come out of that one. But we've had many, many uh, victories, as you know. I mean, you cover it very well, including heads of the Republican Party in various states and some very important states. So we'll be choosing a candidate to run against Liz Cheney, who's gone off a rocker, and some others. And uh, I think you're going to find them to be really great candidates. about America first. It's about, as I said, make America great again. And that's the people I'm looking for. Mr. President, thank you very much indeed for joining us today. It's always a pleasure. We'll thank you very much. Soon. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, a nice, short, sweet, and simple interview uh, covering a lot of ground there um, uh, in such a few short, precious minutes. Um, yeah, won't make a statement about the vax. You guys already know how I feel about that in that regard. Uh, may maybe we'll do an open lines on a Mr. Seen the Dark, and I'll be like, come at me. And they're just kidding. Uh, but anyways, all right, guys. So yeah, I, I mean, there, I mean, there's there's not much more to be said about the vaccine issue and President Trump, other than uh, maybe that's that's an issue that's meant to divide us. Uh, but in my opinion, it's all politics, and uh, we would have been in a five year lockdown if he had not done that. And of course, we don't know the ins and outs of it any more than that. Uh, but definitely checking out uh, the uh, uh, opinions and points of views and perspectives in the chat in regards to that. Um, but uh, as they say, it is uh, absolutely healthy to uh, uh, put people in question and check their intentions. It's the Patriots way, ladies and gentlemen, to ask questions and uh, have a differentiating trust issues uh, in regards to what they do and, and what they say. 
Um, but uh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, so thank you, thank you, thank you. The pretty, pretty good interview there. Quick and short and sweet. Uh, real quick, you, real quick, you, real quickly, thank you to uh, um, uh, the Speak Uneasy for gifting a can of gold pills. You look thirsty, brother. How did you know? Um, have a drink from the bartender and also just be gifting the shades, some shades to look cool. They probably look cooler on you, Miss Just Be, but thank you just the same for uh, the gold pill donation tonight. And also, Philly Q, thank you for dropping your link over to uh, the uh, Devolution series. I already have it downloaded on my computer, and I look forward to perusing uh, the topic. Who knows what I'm going to come up with in, uh, with the mind like mine in regards to Devolution. But absolutely, absolutely. Uh, talk with you head on. <laughs> you have a pie. You have a pie, Michael. Uh, bring it, Mr. C. I'll talk with you head on. Uh, yeah, we'll do it. Uh, we'll do it if you want. I mean, I, I've already laid out my, uh, I've already laid out my perspective on that and, and trust and believe Mr. Yavapai Michael, uh, our dear friend over in the chat, uh, have been enjoying seeing you in the C chats. Um, uh, you know, if it boils down to it, you know, if, if Trump is really a black horse, Trojan horse, delivering the shot of death to America and the world, well, yeah, I would be among the first uh, to uh, call that out and to um, uh, hold him to task for it. And, and that's not to say I have not wargamed in my head how that man could be a deep state, uh, a deep state, um, um, what do you call it, uh, um, controlled opposition. I've wargamed that in my head. Haven't shared that story with you all, ladies and gentlemen, about uh, what this man could be um, as a representation of deep state elitists. Of course, I don't believe it. And then also other ideas, including that he is, in fact, a eugenicist uh, and is pushing the vax for those same reasons. Heard those. That's come across the desk of uh, Mr. C and the C report before. Don't subscribe to it. Don't have those issues. Um, uh, and uh, at least for the time being, as long as that is, as long as that is, uh, and as long as this man continues to fight for this country the way that he has, I will not subscribe to those issues. Uh, but if that day should come, I will not falter. I will not cry. Uh, but I will press on in uh, making sure that we get the message and the information and the people out there that will indeed save and restore our country and our constitution and fortify the freedoms that are God given to us. Great interview from President <laughs> Trump and Varney and company. Now, uh, who's this man? Who's that man on the screen right there? Well, ladies and gentlemen, it is about to time that we jump into the Rhino Watch here at the Sea Report. It's Rhino hunting season, as they say. Do you guys recognize this man? Do you all recognize this man? This man is none other than Ron Johnson of Wisconsin. I love to say that name, Ron Johnson of Wisconsin. He's been, uh, he's been a Trump supporter. Uh, he has been uh, anti-fraud. He has uh, fought and spoken in regards uh, to the election uh, fraud that happened. Uh, like I said, an ardent promoter of President Trump and his uh, claims of election fraud, this Ron Johnson of Wisconsin. We've come to know and trust Ron Johnson of Wisconsin. 
And it seems that the rhino has finally shown his true colors. Now, you guys might be wondering, what are you talking about, Mr. C? We haven't heard this story come across uh, the news desks of others and beyond. Uh, but yeah, this story came out today, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, yes, yes. I see there, Connie Ketchup. Oh, please don't tell me he's a rhino. Now, could this uh, could the story I'm about to tell you be simple miscommunication, misunderstanding? I mean, you know, uh, if I were to take the media at its words and believe what they said about what I'm about to share with you from Ron Johnson of Wisconsin, uh, I would be like, yeah, it's, it's possible. There's spin in there. It's a lie. Um, but unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, uh, what I'm about to share with you comes from his mouth, the horse's mouth itself, when he's being caught on, um, he's being caught, like Project Veritas style, undercover camera, catching him saying things about the 2020 election and how indeed it was legitimate and Trump lost it and it not being fraudulent coming from the mouth of Ron Johnson of Wisconsin himself, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, this is exactly what I was saying. And uh, maybe this is the first place that you've heard it. It definitely will not be the last. I guarantee this story is going to blow up in the next few days and you're going to hear it everywhere about the betrayal of Senator Ron Johnson from Wisconsin against the American people, against Trump and against election integrity. Uh, now, we had one Senator Ron Johnson from Wisconsin um, who was caught on video talking about uh, his opinion and his viewpoint on the 2020 presidential election. Now, it, it is in what appears to be an undercover video filmed by the undercurrent at a Wauwatosa GOP chicken burn this past Sunday where Johnson was captured trying to disillusion the undercurrent director, uh, a lady by the name of Lauren Windsor, who was posing as a Trump supporter. So here you had a socialist, leftist, whatever this Lauren Windsor is, you know, Democrat, whatever, liberal, who went undercover into this Wawatosa GOP chicken burn. I guess it was, uh, you know, kind of like a rally event or a meeting point where she uh, was having conversation with him. So that, that kind of goes more to the fact that Ron Johnson of Wisconsin may not be showing us exactly who he is, except for when in private conversation, where he thinks he's not being recorded and where he believes that there is no hot mic, that he's actually telling the truth about how he feels in regards to President Trump's uh, place in the 2020 election. Very disheartening, ladies and gentlemen. But even though this expose comes by way of a liberal outfit, it is still providing to us patriots the truth in regards to how these people feel. And, and indeed, rhinos are rhinos for a reason. And I guess, you know, these rhinos really know how to cover their tracks. Now, Again, this was uh, in regards to the notion that uh, President Trump lost as a consequence of systemic election fraud. Uh, and we're going to we're going to roll that beautiful bean footage, ladies and gentlemen. See, I don't have to take my words for it, but apparently 
Senator Ron Johnson from Wisconsin does not believe that there is systemic election fraud involved in the 2020 presidential election. He believes it's a matter of statistics, logistics, and uh, hard numbers, at least according to him. Let's go ahead and check out Ron Johnson from Wisconsin getting his cover blown as a rhino by a liberal undercover outfit. How embarrassing. And I'm going to remove this header here so you can see the caption as well. All right, Senator Ron Johnson from Wisconsin, let's put that foot in our mouth. You know, you know that Joe Biden didn't win this election. I mean, in my heart of hearts, I, I just feel Okay, so that's the long and short of it right there. Uh, here's a little bit more sauce for you guys about uh, Senator Ron Johnson from Wisconsin. There he is right there. Now, I mean, I'm already touting him as a uh, rhino. And the reason why I would do that uh, is because, again, you know, in this video, he clearly concedes uh, the electoral loss of President Trump and and touts it as a number, uh, uh, um, a way of statistics uh, and, and does not even look into any of the other factors that have been presented uh, since then, including the ballot drops that came in, including the influence of uh, CTCL, the Center for Tech and Civic Life there in Wisconsin, who commandeered the, um, commandeered the election process for five cities in the state of Wisconsin, didn't look at any of those factors and definitely did not look at the voting machines, okay? So he conceded all of that, did not look at any of those factors which have since forth, uh, you know, um, come to the surface in regards to what happened in Wisconsin during 2020. 
Um, you know, but again, uh, again, apparently he still believes in forensic audits. Okay. Now, after this video, um, this uh, Lauren Windsor person who you smoked him undercover, he spoke with her and he said, I'm the only one who had a hearing on the irregularities of the 2020 election results. The last thing I would focus on, and this is key, ladies and gentlemen, this is key. He says, the last thing I would focus on would be the voting machines, okay? The last thing he would focus on would be the voting machines. He says, we have paper ballots. We have the machine logs. We've got the machine totals. We should be focusing on that, okay? So while this man may say he takes a forensic audit seriously, Really, guys, how are you going to do that without even, you know, uh, going through uh, the very, the very um, um, element uh, that could definitely be subjugated to fraud and open to it as we've come to see in the state of Arizona and we've come to see in the state of Michigan when we're talking about these machines being able to be co-opted and commandeered and accessed remotely, this man says no. We don't have to do that, okay? We don't have to do that. And this is going to be very important moving forward in the state of Wisconsin. As you guys may remember, in the state of Wisconsin, they're gearing up to do an entire state audit, forensically speaking, of the 2020 presidential election, not just a county or two, all right? They're, they're gearing up to do a full state audit. And if we have someone here who already... I mean, yes, great cover, great cover, Rhino, uh, Ron Johnson of Wisconsin, supporting President Trump and calling for a supposed forensic audit. But if this guy was involved in any way and has already in his head come up with logistics that would prove that President Trump lost that election hands down, then he's already having a biased opinion and the ship has already sailed before the crew members got on board. You know what I mean? And that's kind of what it, it seems like to me. Now, back in December, Ron Johnson of Wisconsin held a widely mocked hearing as chair of the Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee based on Trump's allegations of widespread voter fraud and state officials have repeatedly rebuffed these concerns. Um, uh, it's like they're being put into key positions, you know, but could this man, in fact, be poison to a forensic audit should it go forward in the state of Wisconsin and he's anywhere near that position? Okay, because we already have a few other bad actors in the state of Wisconsin who are currently espousing their beliefs and their, uh, their diligence at putting forth a forensic audit, at least of the machines, in Wisconsin, okay? And, and that's a total about face uh, in terms uh, when we're talking about, again, uh, Speaker Voss, as well as other members uh, um, of the Wisconsin legislative body who are going to be taking up this entire helm. Let's talk about this rhino here. Now, that is exactly who I just mentioned. That is Speaker Robin Voss, right? Speaker Robin Voss, who has already gone on to, he took a magical plane ride with President Trump down to Alabama. And during that magical plane ride, he somehow uh, got moved. He was inspired to do a forensic audit of his state, at least uh, cyber uh, technically speaking. 
And uh, we, as we've covered here almost ad nauseum when we have about uh, Speaker Voss, uh, Robin Voss over in Wisconsin, we've covered about how all of his previous audits and all of his previous inquiries and all of his previous hearings and investigations have amounted to nothing, okay? They've amounted to nothing. And now he's going to move forward and do a full-on um, cyber forensic audit of Wisconsin. And again, I would say that is with no type of teeth, no type of spirit, no type of truth or integrity to go behind it. Okay. But, uh, you know, again, they're trying to save face. They are trying to save face. And it appears Wisconsin might be a little bit more corrupt than we might have first imagined. Okay. Now, outwardly, Robin Voss says he has a position of looking forward to future elections and not aiming to fuel distrust in the results of the 2020 presidential election, um, even though he's encouraging concerns to propagate as he okays allocations, like they just got uh, an allocation of $680,000 to put towards this forensic audit and investigation in their state. Um, uh, his approval of investigating Wisconsin's election, despite his insistence that he doesn't seek to overturn its results, has given a voice to many conspiracies, of course, those coming on the left. Um, but again, uh, the main thing here that Speaker Voss is uh, hanging on to is, okay, is the use of private uh, private organizations to perform this investigation and to uh, perform this audit. Uh, he is many times crapped on the way that Maricopa County handled their audit, and he is quite afraid that he will come under the same ridicule if he goes in the same direction. So already he has resistance to it. He does not want the audit in Wisconsin to look like the audit that took place in Arizona. Okay. Now, um, uh, again, you know, he's again saying he's going to do a forensic audit, um, but um, he's not going to do it the same way when he's talking about having an audit in the state of Wisconsin. Um, he means that he will have a team of investigators um, and they can refer to thing they can refer things to a prosecutor, of course, because obviously, as we learned in uh, the endeavors and the trials of the Arizona Senate, that the Arizona Senate does not have the um, power to pass judgment and hold people accountable, but rather to um, to um, to host or to facilitate the audit and then hand over the findings to the state's attorney general. Uh, so that is something that we can most definitely see happening, probably in all states that are involved. Um, but he um, he isn't talking uh, per se about a hand count. He's talking about the computers. But now again, here we say um, Speaker Voss has criticized how Arizona Republicans led their audit in their state, and he's lambasted even by Republic, he's um, has been lambasted even by Republican officials in Arizona who have said that the investigation is fueled by conspiracy theory and devotion to Trump and not actual evidence. But again, Speaker Voss has been uh, repeatedly holding up and, and bottlenecking any reports, any investigations into the 2020 presidential election, has done a couple of frauds himself um, which basically boiled down to cherry-picked, um, cherry-picked, uh, cherry-picked uh, stacks of ballots, um, you know, and and not engaging in a total 
and full investigation. And he has appointed um, a former Wisconsin Supreme Court Justice, Michael Gableman, as the man who will lead this entire investigation into uh, into the forensic audit of Wisconsin. Now, uh, Voss tried to point out in a recent gathering uh, with his constituents um, that if private groups like cyber ninjas were to uncover fraud, the investigation could not legally lead to any criminal charges because cyber ninjas is not an actual uh, enforcement law enforcement uh, agency. Um, he also pointed out that the effort to audit Wisconsin's elections results won't be a full recount and ballot examination like the one in Arizona State Senate. Um, according to Voss, the audit has been widely criticized for sloppy practices and partnerships. So it's not going to be uh, a, a full investigative forensic audit. Okay, They're not going to examine ballots. They're not going to do recounts. They're not going to run up numbers and compare them against each other. Um, he has described his initi initiative as a forensic and cyber forensic audit, which aren't types of audits defined or carried out by professional election officials, investigators. Um, and, uh, and, and when he says inverse investigators, he can refer to things uh, to the prosecutor. And it doesn't mean a hand recount or that computers will be used. Um, he says, if we need to have subpoenas, he will have no problem issuing those subpoenas. If Justice Gableman asks for them, he will issue them without hesitation. And again, this was in a meeting with his constituents. Um, but uh, as we know, I mean, he's he's basically done nothing. And I'll repeat that again, done nothing in the face of audits or true forensic audits in his state. He's had a bunch of horse and pony shows that lead to nowhere and have no, um, they have no resolution. And then, of course, again, this guy is also um, bed buddies, uh, very, very close to this loser here. And that would be uh, one Paul Ryan, again, former House Speaker Paul Ryan. And, and they're, they're coming out on all fronts now. You have this doubt being cast by Speaker Voss. You have this doubt being cast by uh, Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin. And now you have this buffoon coming out into the public spotlight again to give his opinion as if though it mattered, as if though anyone wanted to hear it. But again, this guy's buddies over there with Robin Voss. So I'm sure it uh, it, it uh, stacks the morale for Robin Voss to have his friend get into the limelight and espouse his beliefs about the uh, about the election that occurred in 2020 and where, um, you know, this forensic audit will go. Um, um, former House Speaker Paul Ryan has said, and he reiterated that this week on television, that it was clear that President Donald Trump lost the 2020 election while GOP leaders in Wisconsin um, pursue an investigation of that audit. He says it was not rigged. It was not stolen. Donald Trump lost the election. Joe Biden won the election. It's really clear. Those are his words, ladies and gentlemen. He says he exhausted his cases. He exhausted the court challenges. None of them went his way, so he legitimately lost. And and never mind that these Obama-appointed judges dismissed everything on a technicality without even looking at the evidence or considering it. The narrative of the grand storymakers that are the globalist controller elitist pack said that, um, you know, uh, it didn't go his way. So that means that he lost and everything that uh, President Trump said is a lie. So uh, 
terribleness here, ladies and gentlemen, absolutely disgusting and despicable, but they're spitting their story and they're telling us who they are and they're showing it. Now, when we have uh, a speaker and this former Yahoo here um, um, saying these things, you know that this is going to be a fraudit by legitimate terms of the phrase. And uh, to Senator Ron Johnson, you said the words yourself, my friend, and you did not even know you were being recorded. So that, in my opinion, pretty much shows um, you're telling us who you are. You're telling us who you are. So there's your rhino watch for today in regards to the 2020 presidential election and forensic audits coming up, supposedly. Let's talk about now uh, DeKalb County in the state of Georgia, where it has been shown through investigation that 43,000 of their absentee ballot votes were cast and certified in violation of chain of custody, making them illegal uh, to count for the vote in the 2020 presidential election. Now, this is from the Georgia Star News, 43,907 of the 61,731 absentee ballots deposited in drop boxes in the November 2020 presidential election in DeKalb County, Georgia, that is 72% of the vote, absentee vote, were counted in official tallies and certified by the county and the state despite violating chain of custody requirements set forth in Georgia's emergency rule and promulgated by the secretary of uh, the Georgia State Election Board as uh, at its July 1st, 2020 meeting. Okay, so 43,000 plus 72% of the absentee ballots were found to have been counted and certified in violation of their own rules and requirements in the state of Georgia. Let's not forget, Biden took Georgia by about 11 to 12,000 votes, and yet we have 43,000 that are in violation and should not have been certified to be part of the total. Uh, the uh, Georgia emergency rule states that absentee ballots placed in drop boxes shall be immediately transported to the county registrar by the two-person collection team which is required to sign a ballot transfer form indicating the number of ballots picked up, the time the ballots were picked up, and the location of the drop box, and that the county registrar or designee thereof shall sign the ballot transfer form upon receipt of the ballots from the collection team. Okay. Now, the Georgia Star News obtained 725 absentee ballot drop box transfer forms used in the November 2020 presidential election for DeKalb County. Now, all the hoopla in Georgia has been over Fulton County, which we see has just fallen apart immaculately. But now um, they're looking at other counties. Other counties are coming into view. We got Cobb County. We got Decap County, among others, are coming into play for the fraud and the irregularities that happened in the 2020 presidential election. And in Decap County, um, along with these transfer forms, they find that uh, the document, uh, the chain of custody of these absentee ballots deposited into the drop boxes of Decap County law departments are in response to their records request. Uh, so we have here illustration of some of these uh, ballot uh, transfer forms. I'll just uh, sh look at one or two of them so you can see what they're all about. I'll expand that on the screen for you guys. Let me go and expand it one more time. 
so here's here's an example uh, Dropbox ballot transfer form. As you can see, uh, they have the box location, date, time, a number of uh, ballots collected. This one, for example, is at uh, October seventh, two thousand twenty, at one fifteen p.m. And then it also says uh, it also says uh, the transfer. So here's your registrar signature. Okay. Now this one was picked up on ten seven twenty at one fifteen in the afternoon. The registrar received this transfer at eight thirty in the morning. Okay. 8.30 in the morning. One of the rules as specified is that it should be dropped off within an hour of being picked up and received at the registrar's office. Now, this is almost uh, well, this is uh, several hours later. You know, uh, don't ask me to do the quick math on that. I'd be like 11, 17 hours later, maybe in this regard, 17, 16, 18 hours later. Uh, and there's two of them here, 10, 7, 11, 15, and 11, 17, pick these up and return to the registrar's office at 8.30 in the morning. So where were these ballots and what were they doing with them for, you know, almost 24 hours in violation of their own emergency election code there in the state of Georgia? Uh, let's see what this one says. Uh, 10, 8, 20, picked up at 3.07 p.m., returned at 8.18 a.m. to the registrar's office. And who knows what is going on down here? Again, we're looking at a violation, 3.07 p.m. for the pickup on this box and returned at 8.17 a.m. in the morning, signed off by the registrar. Again, uh, three in the afternoon to eight in the morning is a big difference in time. And uh, this is uh, some of the evidence that they're looking at in regards to the investigation that they performed based on just the absentee ballot transfer forms and chain of custody. This is in violation of chain of custody, ladies and gentlemen, big time. And I don't have to tell you, you guys can see it for yourself. Again, another one, 10, 9, 20, 421 p.m., 541 ballots, 421, 518 ballots, signatures, and it re is returned at 8.57 in the morning, signed off. You know, they actually signed off on these. They didn't just rubber stamp it. Uh, so those are just a few examples of what we're seeing and what they're talking about in this report uh, that they um, that they looked into in the state of Georgia in the county of DeKalb. OK, now of the six sixty one thousand seven hundred and thirty one ballots, absentee ballots in DeKalb County that were recorded as being deposited into drop boxes during the 2020 election, 46 percent of them or twenty eight thousand one hundred ninety four of these ballots were not documented as being received by the elections registrar or the director's designee until the day after they were collected from the drop box. So twenty eight thousand plus were not counted for until the day after they were collected. Um, it, they must have had someone over at Happy Faces collecting uh, these ballots, and they, they clearly have no idea what they're doing. Of course, that could be just giving them a soft pass. Uh, the range in which absentee ballots were collected from drop boxes in DeKalb County and documented as received by the registrar the next day was between 13 and 22 hours. We just saw a few examples of that there on the screen. Um, there was another 26% of these ballots, which represented 15,713 absentee ballots collected during the 2020 presidential election, where there was no receipt time recorded at all. So 15,000 of them had no time stamp on the transfer papers. 
And that is, again, required by uh, Georgia emergency election code rulings. Um, there was yet, um, let's see here, we had uh, we had uh, seven full days, according to this report, records for seven full days of the 29-day election period. Uh, that's nearly one quarter, including um, October 17th through the 24th and November 1st, fall into that category where they had no timestamps, okay? All told, 43,907 absentee ballots deposited in drop boxes in DeKalb County. That's uh, 28,194 absentee ballots whose chain of custody was accounted for on ballot transfer forms that were signed as received by the registers designee one day after the election. Workers removed them from the drop box, plus 15,713 absentee ballots whose chain of custody was not accounted for, okay, um, were certified and allowed into the 2020 election uh, for the state of Georgia as documented by the Georgia State Election Board's rules, okay? Another 24% of the absentee ballots collected from the drop boxes were documented as received by the elections officials more than an hour after being collected by the two-person collection team. And again, those should be turned in within an hour of being collected. That is the uh, standard operating procedure in this regard. Now, all told of these absentee ballots, less than 5% of the lot um, that were collected from drop boxes were recorded as being received in an hour or less. Less than 5% of 61,731 absentee ballots were actually recorded as being turned in within an hour of being taken from the drop boxes, okay? That's a pretty big figure there, guys. And just the fact that they are in violation of their own rules honestly means they should decertify. I mean, there's enough reasonable doubt there for them to do that, and they can do a forensic audit later on if they want but like just in Fulton County is the case, so much evidence and so many factors have come to light. It's kind of hard to see. I mean, it's easy to understand, but it's hard to see why or how they could not just decertify it. Easy to understand because they're trying to pull one over us and they're trying to uh, to uh, uh, strip us of our voting rights and our freedom thereby. But uh, again, Secretary of Snakes Brad Raffensperger declared that uh, the Georgia County's uh, drop boxes were utilized well, and he certified the election uh, in spite of the fact that there were many people, including President Trump himself, that were telling him not to do it. All right, that's going to take us into some of our... Uh, some of our uh, COVID fallout for the masses, for the sheeple, not for us patriots, because we know what's up. But this is some of the stuff that they're facing. And uh, we will go ahead and uh, take the enlightenment where we can. Now, the first story about the COVID today has to do with the uh, Pfizer BioNTech, right? Uh, um, FDA approved vaccine, as they call it, um, uh, better known as uh, Comirnaty. Com or Comer Nady, right? And and we know that's not the one that they're still sticking people with. It's just a kind of a wool over the eyes kind of situation they're going on. But in spite of the fact that uh, the Pfizer BioNTech 
Comirnaty vaccine has been FDA approved. Uh, it might be interesting to note for some, especially for those who've taken the jab, uh, that uh, Pfizer-BioNTech is still immune from any lawsuits that should be impending due to, uh, you know, death or, uh, uh, you know, um, dehabilitation uh, from receiving this RNA COVID-19 vaccine, okay? Uh, now, Comer Natty or Comer Natty was fully approved on August 23rd for people 16 years of age and older. However, in the fact sheets for recipients and caregivers, Comer Natty is also authorized under EUA emergency authorization use, use for authorization for children aged 12 to 15 and for those in the same adolescent population requiring the third dose. Okay. Now, uh, the Pfizer BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine administered in the United States since December still remains under EUA for adolescents 12 to 15 and for adolescents needing the third booster shot. The FDA also issued the vaccine EUA for people 16 years of age or older. Okay. So, um, again, like uh, they're playing they're playing two hands here. Uh, you know, they are they are uh, authorizing this as approved by the FDA, but they're still keeping an EUA on here. So you can kind of see where this is going in that regard to the um, legal immunity that uh, Pfizer BioNTech still has uh, against, um, you know, their own uh, their own um, propositions. Uh, now we have uh, Mark Sadeka, who is a medical litigation lawyer. And uh, he's handled over 175 vaccination cases and has said that the FDA approval for the Pfizer BioNTech vaccine doesn't change the immunity status afforded to the vaccine manufacturer. So lawsuits cannot be filed if an individual has a severe reaction from the shot. He says the government encourages the production of vaccinations and medications used to fight a pandemic like COVID-19 by protecting the companies making uh, making them from lawsuits. Um, and uh, he says, in fact, the government has already labeled any future COVID-19 vaccines as a countermeasure, countermeasure. And according to the Health and Services, Health Resources and Services Administration, a countermeasure is a vaccination, medication, device, or other items recommended to diagnose, prevent, or treat a declared pandemic, epidemic, or security threat. Uh, COVID-19 vaccines, including Comirnaty, uh, are covered countermeasures under the Countermeasures Injury Compensation Program. Um, and uh, that comes from the uh, HRSA director stating that. And uh, under, under the uh, 2005 Public Readiness and Emergency Preparedness Act, um, vaccine manufacturers, providers, distributors, and program planners are immune from lawsuits related to COVID-19 vaccine injuries and death unless it can be shown that there was willful misconduct in the production of the vaccine by the company. Good luck with that, right? Good luck with that. Um, um, there is a uh, trial lawyer by the name of John Howie who says um, that uh, the, uh, the uh, CICP, um, which is, again, the Countermeasures Injury Compensation Program, and some of y'all may have heard of this before. Uh, it's a program that they have for those uh, who are approved um, to uh, seek some kind of compensation for their loss and or suffering. Uh, 
Um, this uh, trial lawyer, John Howey, says regarding this countermeasure and compensation program, um, that is only is the only remedy that is available to those who are injured by the vaccination. The CICP is a compensation program that was set up in 2010 and run by the Health Resources and Services Administration, which again is part of the Department of Health and Human Services. Um, and he says the damages are limited to one, a death benefit for those who die, two, lost wages, and three, medical bills not paid by insurance. So that's the only thing that you can get. The only provisions provided to us through the CICP, that program, only if there, there's a death benefit, there's a lost wages benefit, and there's a medical bills compensation that is not covered by your insurance, okay? Um, and, and uh, you know, it, uh, it, he went on to say that uh, people have, uh, have one year, you only have one year to file a claim under this countermeasure program. Um, and uh, uh, people refer, uh, refer to it basically as a feel-good program, right? Uh, because that's all you get out of it. It's pretty much a joke. You know, there's no uh, transparency um, like there would be under a judicial process if these manufacturers were indeed held accountable and taken to task through a judicial process so that they get away with all of that. There's also no provision for attorney's fees, right? So you still have to pay out of your pocket for your attorney's fees. And that is one of the factors that makes it difficult for many injured individuals to even attempt to retain a lawyer for representation. And again, any appeals um, um, that come to them are handled by three people whom are hand-selected by the Department of Health and Human Services to review that claim and to uh, either uh, authorize it or not, okay? Um, from 2010 until 2021, there have been 2,186 claims that have been filed under the CICP, of which only 1,693 are for COVID-19 countermeasures. Now that's 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 uh that's uh, more than half, ladies and gentlemen. That's more than half of the claims since 2010 made with the CICP came from COVID-19 in the last two years. And this program has been around for what, 11 years? Now, none of the COVID-19 claims have been approved for payment. So more than half of the claims have been made in the last two years since the inception of this program. And none of them have been approved for payment. And some lawyers are not even optimistic that uh, any of these claims will be approved since the vaccine is still new and data continues to be collected, okay? Now, only 29 of all of these claims have been paid out, totaling more than $6 million. Only 29 of all of the claims, none of which having to do with COVID, have seen payment, okay? Uh, so that's just a little bit of hope and a silver lining for those of you people who took the jab out there. Um, um, in case you weren't aware and you're uh, tuning in right now, uh, yeah, that's what you're looking at. Now, here's another uh, shining ray of light for those who took the jab out there in regards to uh, this COVID mRNA uh, experimental gene therapy session and the likes. A uh, study finds that fully vaccinated people carry 251 times more the normal viral load of COVID-19 and that uh, they may in fact be super spreaders themselves. Now, I've been saying it, ladies and gentlemen, 
I've been saying it for 10 dang years, ladies and gentlemen, that these are the super spreaders and these are the reason why we have the Delta and the Mu and the, the Lambda and the Zeta variants floating around out there. It's because uh, we became COVID factories and now we're spreading COVID-19 to everyone else if we've been vaccinated. And that is what this study finds. Now it finds that fully vaccinated people carry 251 times the viral load of COVID-19. A new study has revealed that people who are fully vaccinated carry this many times, 251 uh, times the viral load. Experts are concerned that this may pose a risk to those who have not received the COVID-19 vaccine. I'm telling you guys, uh, I, my life is at risk because of the negligent um, apathy and error of their way. It also seems likely that these increased vial loads could result in the uh, so-called breakthrough cases. Nah, duh. Where'd you park the squad, squad car, Dick Tracy? I mean, obviously. Uh, I'm a layman here. Anyways, a study by the Oxford University Clinical Research Group published on August 10th of this year in the, uh, in the uh, notoriously uh, um, biased Lancet review, found that fully vaccinated people carry 251 times the viral load of coronavirus as compared to those who have not received one of the corona uh, controversial vaccines. Viral loads of breakthrough Delta variant infection cases were 250 times higher than those of cases infected with old strains detected between March and April. Uh, is what the study read. The vaccines seem to allow vaccinated individuals to carry unusually high viral loads without becoming sick, transforming them into super spreaders who experience symptoms later on. Um, the study focused on healthcare workers who were unable to leave the hospital for two weeks. The study showed that fully vaccinated workers about two months after injection carried and transmitted the virus to the vaccinate to their vaccinated colleagues after infection. They also passed the virus to unvaccinated people, including their patients. And uh, just for the uh, just for the receipts, this is the report right here. Now, uh, this is um, this is actually a preprint of the study that went into the Lancet review or the Lancet, whatever it's called, the Lancet. And uh, this is the abstract. Again, uh, data on breakthrough SARS-CoV-2 Delta variant infections are limited. We studied breakthrough infections among healthcare workers of a major infectious disease hospital in Vietnam. We collected demographics, vaccination history, and results of the PCR diagnosis alongside clinical data. We measured SARS-CoV-2 antibodies at diagnosis and at week one, two, and three after diagnosis, we sequenced the vi viruses uh, according to protocol. Um, down here, it states, uh, breakthrough Delta variant infections are associated with high viral loads prolonged by PCR positivity and low levels of vaccine-induced neutralizing antibodies, meaning that uh, you have a better chance with your antibodies than if you take this vaccine that neutralizes your antibodies and that uh, it, it continues that would explain the transmission between the vaccinated people, physical distancing measures critical to reduce uh, SARS-CoV-2 variant transmission. Uh, so that's the study that we're looking at there in regards to the Lancet and what they had to say about this study. Uh, again, uh, another, another simple little blessing for those people who uh, uh, willingly took that shot out of fear of loss of life and uh, in the name of uh, looking after their neighbors as themselves. Now, uh, here is another 
piece of fallout for people during this whole COVID conundrum. The Supreme Court has blocked the CDC eviction moratorium because after all, the CDC does not have the power or authority to declare a moratorium on payment to property owners. Now, the Supreme Court uh, on August 26th blocked the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention's eviction moratorium, thereby opening the door for property owners to evict residents behind on rent amid this pandemic. The ruling came after the CDC issued a federal moratorium for 60 days on August 3rd, and it was to expire on October 3rd. According to the Census Bureau data from early August, about 3.5 million people in the country said they faced eviction in the next two months. The CDC's policy was challenged by a coalition of landlords and real estate agents in Alabama and in Georgia, and they argued that, again, the CDC did not have the authority to implement such a moratorium. Now, um, in an unsigned opinion on August 26th, the court's majority said the CDC lacked the authority to issue this moratorium without authorization from Congress. The court rejected arguments from the Biden administration supporting the CDC's authority, and the administration also justified holding back evictions in areas where uh, transmissions of COVID-19, the disease caused by, you know, this uh, Chinese virus, was high. Uh, Now, it was written by the court. It would be one thing if Congress had specifically authorized the action that the CDC has taken, but that has not happened. Instead, the CDC has imposed a nationwide moratorium on evictions in reliance on a decades-old statute that authorizes uh, uh, it to implement measures like fumigation and pest extermination, It strains credulity to believe that this statute grants the CDC the sweeping authority it asserts. If a federally imposed eviction moratorium is to continue, Congress must specifically authorize it. Now, of course, ladies and gentlemen of the Supreme Court, you had the three liberal-leaning justices, Stephen Breyer, Sonia Sotomayor, and Elena Kagan, dissenting right? Uh, Breyer wrote for the three saying that the court should not reject the eviction ban without a full briefing or argument, I guess, meaning they want the uh, CDC to step up and show their data, right? Uh, Breyer also argued that the court should have upheld the moratorium, writing the public interest strongly favors respecting the CDC's judgment at this moment, when over 90% of counties are experiencing high transmission rates. And apparently Justice Breyer is still living in La La Land. And, uh, you know, he's uh, continuing the narrative that has stricken this country and uh, downright near collapsed it. Okay. Now, uh, in regards to this uh, housing moratorium concluding, um, we see that uh, in new reports that 750,000 households are facing eviction this year. Uh, these uh, these numbers come from Goldman Sachs. Oh, yeah, Goldman Sachs. Um, Goldman Sachs economists predict that some 750,000 renters um, are likely to lose their homes this year following the Supreme Court's decision, basing their prediction on rent delinquency data from real estate companies, federal agencies, and the National Multifamily Housing Council, a trade and advocacy, advocacy group for the apartment industry. Goldman Allen analysts disclosed their prediction in a report released this past Sunday. 
and it estimates that between 2.5 million and 3.5 million U.S. households are behind on their rent. And when the eviction moratorium expires at the beginning of October, between 1 million and 2 million households will face a higher risk of eviction. Very interesting here, ladies and gentlemen. Very interesting indeed. Um, let's see here. <clears throat> at the same time, federal rent assistance has been slow to reach vulnerable households. So now we're talking about at the rate at which these protection payments were dispersed to households. They're already having a hard time with that and people running that show, even people that I know uh, who are part of it in my local, um, said really no one knew what the heck they were doing. And uh, it was all kind of touch and go and uh, based on good faith. Now, last year's pandemic relief le legislation established the Emergency Rental Assistance Program with $25 billion in funding, while the American Rescue Plan Act in March provided $21.5 billion in rental relief assistance. Uh, but disbursement of aid has been slow, driven chiefly by application processing delays, according to the United States Department of Treasury. Again, I know people in my family to a fact that know that that was happening as uh, they work in such departments. Um, but that's not the only fallout that these uh, COVID pandering, uh, you know, zombies are going to fall to. Because guess what? The Pandemic Unemployment Assistance Program is coming to an end as well. What are millions of, of, of um, uh, arrested development and shell-shocked Americans going to do when they're no longer receiving that free government payout um, just for participating in these fear factor games that kept them at home and kept them compliant with their will? Millions of Americans are set to lose pandemic unemployment benefits next week. And there are no signs that states will be extending the pandemic unemployment assistant benefits. Um, so that's something that you have, they have to be looking forward to now on September 6th, the benefits run out and this is the deadline. And there are dim prospects of any extension. Around 7.5 million Americans are set to fall off a benefits cliff as the September cutoff date looms for the federal pandemic unemployment programs, which include the $300 weekly supplemental uh, supplements to state benefits. And guys, I got to say, from day one, I received one of the uh, stimulus checks, one of them, one of them, never received any of these uh, unemployment checks, never received any other. I mean, they already said that uh, th there's a, a bit of confusion in regards to my uh, receiving of the uh, the unemployment check. I mean, I guess, I mean, I, I pretty much aided and assisted in the tanking of our uh, economy um, um, through, uh, you know, default. Uh, so I guess that, that I guess that is my payment back to America and the society is by not receiving these uh, pandemic era benefits programs, uh, payouts and stuff like that. But that's a that's neither here nor there, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, even as the economic recovery continues and the labor market has shown signs of strength, including jo including job openings at a record high, there are concerns about the impact. Again, they're concerned about this Delta variant, this Mu variant, this Lambda variant, and this Zeta variant. They're all coming to a theater near you guys. They're all coming to a theater near you. 
Um, so uh, here you have again uh, the uh, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen. I'm sorry, I don't have her picture for you guys on the screen. Uh, but Janet Yellen is saying there are some states where it makes sense for unemployment workers to continue receiving additional assistance for longer periods of time, allowing residents of those states more time to find jobs in areas where unemployment remains high. Again, adding the Delta variant, be afraid, be very afraid, may also pose short-term challenges to local economies and labor markets. But again, no states are moving towards extending these benefits. And uh, there are certain states who have said that they have absolutely no intention of extending benefits. And those states include um, uh, Alabama, Alaska, Arkansas, California, Hawaii, Iowa, Louisiana, Maryland, Michigan, Mississippi, Nebraska, North Dakota, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Utah, Virginia, West Virginia, Wisconsin, and Wyoming. Uh, yeah, they have no intention of extending their benefits in those 20 states. We'll see what the rest looks like, and we'll see what America looks like when they have to go back to work. That should be an interesting turn of events, don't you think, ladies and gentlemen? And that concludes today's fallout stories for those who decided to go along with the COVID, uh, the COVID uh, shamdemic and um, uh, decided not to do anything else for themselves, prepare or otherwise step up to the plate and take responsibility for their own lives, their own family and their own actions. And that is how the government hands it to you when you go along with their own, their own uh, deceitful ways. Final story for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. We finally made it, and we're going only an hour into overtime. Thank you all for hanging out with us here at the Sea Report on this lovely sandwich day, Wednesday, September 1st, 2021. Um, it seems that um, the Biden administration is looking to close down the New York, the New York City jail where uh, Jeffrey Epstein supposedly killed himself. Right? This is kind of, you know, one of those stories. Now, uh, the United States Department of Justice announced that it was going to shut down the historically troubled federal Manhattan jail where uh, Jeffrey Epstein, the pedophile and child sex trafficker, probably among other things, uh, was found dead two years ago in August of 2019. Um, the uh, Let's see here. The Department of Justice said in a statement... As part of this effort, the Bureau of Prisons has assessed steps necessary to improve conditions at the Metropolitan Correctional Center in New York City. And in an effort to address the issues of the uh, MCCNY as quickly and efficiently as possible, the department has decided to close the MCC, at least temporarily, until those issues have been resolved. If you ask me, they're just going to shut it down to clean it out and whitewash, no pun intended, anything that has gone on there. Maybe, uh, you know, take out the staff, uh, change it up a little bit, uh, you know, uh, seal off all the tunnels, um, get all the contraband out of there and clear all the footage. Yeah, there's a plenty of reason why they're probably doing this. It's probably more of a political move. The statement continued to say that uh, plans for the uh, Metropolitan Correctional Center, uh, its deactivation are underway and that the Justice Department will have more updates in the future and they would not provide a timetable for its closure. 
Um, according to the Bureau of Prisons website, there are currently more than 20, uh, 260 inmates being held in this facility. The facility also held other notorious individuals, including drug cartel boss Joaquin El Chapo Guzman, um, whose lawyer often stated that uh, they were subject to inhumane conditions there inside the MCCNY. Uh, other inmates included in this jail were the uh, Gambino crime family boss, John Gotti, who also complained of conditions in the early 1990s, as well as drug dealer Frank Lucas, Ponzi scheme fraudster Bernie Madoff, and terrorists Omar Abdel Rahim and Ramzi Youssef. Now, over the years, inmates and lawyers have complained that the MCC was infested with roaches, rats, and mice, and multiple inmates were forced to share dirty toilets and sinks. Water leaks were commonplace, and extremely cold conditions existed in the wintertime. In March 2020, the jail was placed on lockdown after officials discovered a tip that suggested a gun may have been smuggled inside the facility and indeed, investigators found a handgun and also found numerous contraband items, including narcotics, phones, and prison-made weapons. So uh, we'll see where uh, we'll see where this cleanup session goes in regards to the MCCNY, and uh, they'll probably be putting uh, all of their uh, all of their evidence to rest, like they burn down forests and they burn down cathedrals. I'm pretty sure uh, that's kind of what they're doing here. It's time for the janitors to step on in to the MCCNY. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is that. So concludes today's rendition of the Sea Report for September 1st, 2020. First day, of, uh, first day of my birthday month. Thanks again, everyone, for hanging out and hanging in there uh, through everything that we uh, uh, discussed in today's show. Uh, thank you, Sean Joe, for uh, donating the cookie over to the Sea Report channel. It's been a fun one, y'all, and it has been fun. Uh, it's been fun hanging out with you all, ladies and gentlemen, fine folks. And uh, Deplore Laura, also there, you over at Twitch. And uh, to any of the other viewers out on Twitch and Clout Hub, uh, thanks for tuning in. And uh, uh, and uh, most uh, most prudently, thank you so much for tuning in to the Sea Report over at the foxhole.app. And uh, thanks for being here with us, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, you guys definitely make this meaningful. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let me release the scratch off. If you're over at pill.net or at the foxhole.app, uh, you, uh, you will go ahead and be able to scratch that itch. There we go. The gold pills are a dropping. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks again for tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow for another C report. I, again, am your host here over at the Mr. C channel, uh, signing off and saying, be safe, be blessed, and God bless America. We will see you tomorrow.